0: Have I got a story for you? A spiritual awakening was started for this guest by the sudden death of his brother. He's turned that pain into passion, committing his life to making the most of every moment, prospering, and inspiring others to avoid the life ruts and self-devaluing mentality that he's battled through. But first, a word from today's sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. AndrePsyche.com is that cute, quaint corner store boutique with all sorts of neat and original merch you had no idea existed because there's just so much out there to see on the World Wide Web. Imagine that you've booked a trip to a foreign and exciting city, post-corona kind of a world. And if you're anything like me, you are definitely going to spend some time walking around the city, town, Hamlet, hoping to come across some dope-ass shop with high-quality original merch to remember the experience. Well, my friends, remember your experience with this pod by experiencing the psychedelic creativity of Andre from the comfort and safety of your home. We are talking literature, clothing, paintings, prints, accessories, music, poetry, just about anything you could want that you're not gonna find anywhere else is waiting for you. So go to andrepsyche.com and let your spirit lead you. Nothing is made. Everything is created on AndrePsyche.com. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. Please do me a favor. Take a moment right now and push the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Pods, whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. And while you're at it, please leave a rating, comments, reviews. It would be appreciated. Also, if you haven't already, friend and follow the pod. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Search us up. It's getting the number two, no, the letter U, pod. And finally, we are looking for sponsors to partner with. If you or someone you know has a business or brand, much like Andre, and would like to expand your market globally, please consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world. This podcast, the very one you are listening to, has been downloaded in over 20 different countries and in the majority of the United States. So if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your products, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. Our sponsorship rates are extremely reasonable and we would love to partner with you. And now, getting to know you.
1: Getting to know you, getting to know all about
2: you. I'm going to do a terrific show today.
1: Getting to like
2: you,
0: getting to hope you like me.
2: Because I'm good enough.
0: Getting to know you, putting it my way,
1: but nicely.
2: I'm smart enough. You
1: are precisely
2: and on my cup of
0: tea. On today's show. We are getting to know Javon. Javon, early morning, or I guess it's relatively early. Coming to us from
2: Florida, man. How's it going? Uh, It's going fantastic. How's everything going with you?
0: I'm doing great. Um, I had said we had a little sleepover, and um, uh, I got two cups of coffee. I don't know if my mind's as strong as yours, man. I kind of need that caffeine to uh, perk (laughs) me up (laughs) in the morning. You were telling me about how you can uh, basically will your body through your mind into just waking up and getting going. And that's a, that's a, I feel like that's kind of a rare skill. I gotta be honest with you.
2: Yeah. Um, I recognize that's something that I, I learned to do, you know, once through development, I started paying attention that unless I'm like completely exhausted, whereas like this times I've had like three hours sleeps, two hours sleeps and you know, I go up, I wake up, and I just put it in my mind. I stopped using long co- clocks a long time ago. Only if it's like, I, right, I'm really tired, and I know my body may sleep through my internal clock. But outside of that, I'm pretty much very the type of person that when you just... Because it's all about understanding yourself and just putting that out there, just saying, I need to, and then... You know, I'm all about energy and communication, your thoughts with the universe and everything. So when you put those thoughts out there that I need to be up and ready by this time, chances are you're going to get up for me. Right.
0: Well, it's funny, man, because that is (laughs) I don't know if it's all true for me, but what I start thinking about is like even when your body shut down, there's still an awareness. Absolutely. right. Like when you're sleeping, there's still something going on and it's fucking crazy how the body can know like, oh shit, 8.30, you need 30 minutes to prep, start like waking up naturally. I mean, that's, it's happened to me. I don't rely on it to the extent where, um, like I set an alarm for this morning. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, let me make sure. Um, but no, that's, um, uh, have you ever studied anything like that? Or that's just something you've kind of like reflected on and, um, developed on your
2: own. Um, uh Okay, so not study in the sense of putting it in the sense of going to sleep. So that is something I kind of self-discovered. But just understanding how the mind works and understand, doing my works on the mental and mindsets and understanding that your, your mind is, is what commands the body. So if you want your mind... If your mind wants you to go and run and run that extra lap, run that extra mile do like if you're working out, do that yeah. extra set. Right. So like you're doing five sets of 15 on your last set. You die, decide to go extra and finish. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 man. Five 15. No, no, we're we're, a, we're a three sets of 12 around here. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, well, thank you. <laughs>
2: but, so no, but um, when you are. Once you get to that point where you you command your mind to do something, then for you, if you three sets of twelve, you can just say, <laughs> no, what, last set, be gone for it." Because once you're done, you're done.
0: No, that's like, yeah. It's it's like that power of self-talk, man. You know, it really is. Um, some people are speaking into existence, kind of a thing, but it actually really does affect your body. Um, just thinking the right way.
2: Absolutely. And the power of thought is one of the things we all need. We all have that power. And it's something that we need to learn. We all need to take a look at and harness it. Because how could you expect anyone? How do you expect yourself to be anything in life if all you do is just focus on, like, you have to just put yourself in that thought process recognize that hey the reason why I'm walking is because my mind commanded my body to walk whether it's your conscious mind or right. your subconscious mind, your mind is communicating with the body all the functions so if it's just physical nerve like with your nerve endings, knowing how to move those things, right. also some of the things you have <clears throat> to command your body and once you are in control, because you gotta look at, your, look at your body like a car and the car would never drive without you, without you, um, in the car.
0: I don't know, man. We getting there. We, we, we get... getting there. <laughs> but, even so,
1: but even so,
2: it would be remote. no. I'm with you. I'm with you. No, no, but, but what I'm saying is, it still would be remote. If right. It was still, you're still in control. All oh. the aspects you are always in control with, no matter what. If you have a car that's operating without you. You have a problem.
1: Yeah, they're taking over. They're
2: <laughs> taking over the world, right? That's some Terminator stuff. It's uh... absolutely so. So once we understand that our thoughts, we control our body, we control our energy, then you recognize how we can start focusing on thinking about whatever you want to do in life, and you putting it out there because if you command your body. If you can, manage, there's people that get up pretty much early, like four or five in the morning, Yeah. no matter what, whether they got it. And I'm talking about entrepreneurs. I'm not talking about people that got to wake up and go to work, which is nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to make that an issue. But <laughs> entrepreneurs, there are entrepreneurs that don't have to get up early, but they get up earlier than a lot of people who have jobs, all because... The earlier you get up the better start you have um, on your day.
0: yeah they're so and, driven dude like it, it it's like you can just picture people who build large businesses their minds are just going a million miles an hour like they're not just absolutely. they're not binging on Netflix for five hours and feeling like they've rested but not really resting then your body needs another eight hours of sleep or whatever like those people crash hard I've always heard and read they can go like four or five hours. And like they're done, they're they're up, they're ready to like get it popping and let's go make this money.
2: Absolutely, I I'm one of those people that don't believe you need eight hours of sleep.
0: No, oh, stop, Give me a man. Stroke. Stop. Then, uh, then you nap. Uh, then tell me at least no. you are napper.
2: <laughs> of course, you got to utilize naps. <laughs> I think right. I think you have to utilize naps. But even if I if I count for me, if I count the hours I sleep and then the naps I take during the day, it don't equate to eight hours. Yeah, maybe so- seven, maybe six, and the reason and the reason for that is to recognize that all your body sleep is to reset and and reduce your body. Yeah. So when you're sleeping, it's important that you are allowing your body to charge, not only your body but your mind to charge. Because when your mind don't have that rest, then now all of that affects the immune system, yeah. and now. You find yourself getting little sicknesses right. that come out of nowhere, all because you're not getting adequate rest. So I'm a proponent for adequate rest, but I'm also a proponent for knowing that if you need, we no matter. I'm speaking to whoever is listening to this. You have a job, and your job requires you to get up at whatever time you're getting up, no matter how many sleep you got, the, how many hours of sleep you got the night before. You know it's time to get up and go to work, you won't do it. So with entrepreneurs, it's taking that same approach and saying, look, if I had a job, I would have to get up at whatever time they tell me. Yeah. So instead of waiting for someone to tell me when I got to get up, I'm going to get up the time I know is necessary for my business.
0: Right. Time is money, man. And like that. that's why so many entrepreneurs so value the time. Because it's, it's the one resource that's super, well, it's not the one, but for almost most people, it's like the resource that's most limited for people because you only get so much of it. And it's just nothing but opportunity in it, where if you're working for someone, you're, you're almost like you're resentful of time. You're like, damn, I got to do another eight hours today. All right. And you're dragging your feet and there's not there can be a lack of excitement in it, you know? But there's entrepreneurs, they just see time as opportunity and they're just chomping at the bit for, um, for opportunities.
2: Absolutely. Just think about it. Sleep is I, when you're asleep. You can gain a lot from sleep. So I'm not going to be the one person here that's going to um, make sleep into this. Okay, I've, it's I've, something. I've always
0: heard sleep is the cousin of death.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I people say that, but I don't agree with that because, well. <laughs> Depends on how you view death. Let's, let me say that. <laughs> Depends on how you view death. But that's a whole nother bag. That's a whole nother conversation for for if we get to it later. But for now, <laughs> I want to say this. The purpose of rest is to recharge and bring energy back into your body. Oh yeah. So when you're sleeping, you can play whatever you want to listen to because you still it's still gonna enter the subconscious mind your mind is still working. So all the stuff that's around you, all of what you're hearing, your mind is still picking it up. So if you go to sleep and you have the TV on and you're doing advertisements, why do you think they have advertisement show at the night? Yeah, right. Because people, for people who fall asleep now... They're they're hearing these ads being promoted, and then you're waking up, and you're like, "Oh my god, I need to get that product or whatever," because yeah. you you may wake up to it or whatever. But all of that is part of the the programming of doing that. So for me, I just I, I've learned to turn my TV off, I got listen to, and just listen to. Any meditation music yeah. binaural beats or alignment because that's the purpose to keep that mind and that energy flowing in your body while you're resting because once you wake up you don't want to wake up pro being conditioned already to go spend on something that if it was that important you would not have to wait until late night to see you know <laughs> so yeah those so juicers. sleep <laughs> so sleep is very important however, the more time you have a woke, like, think about it. You wake up 3 o'clock in the morning. The world is waking up about 5, 6 o'clock. You have a two-hour head start. And I don't know about everybody else, but the average person are not waking out the bed, jumping through the ceiling. Like, we're not just waking up in, with just full excitement. It takes time for us to get into that mood, get into that mood. So, I know for somebody who wakes up at three o'clock in the morning, let's say they go and work out. They get a workout. By the time five o'clock, while everybody's getting up, they are fresh and already and productive in a day. Yeah, we're, call-
1: we're
0: hating on those people, man. You know, then you, then you bump yeah. into them and you're like, why the hell is Earl so perky? I can't take him i can't i can't take the energy it's, it gets annoying
1: <laughs>
2: absolutely like you get some and then you especially then, you work at a job and you get some, you, you're not happy at your job i've had the experience but you're not happy at your job but then you get this one athlete oh dude yeah. person you hate them and they just they they walking on sunshine yeah, yeah. <laughs> from from jump street so those things are um but that's how you got to self Program yourself because right. if you think like an employee, or oh, I just get up when it's time to go to work, then you will always be an employee. Now, I don't shame employees. Don't get me wrong. Somebody got to work. Somebody got to do that. But it's a difference to being it, to, to doing it as a job to pay bills or, or just being just that, limited to just your job. Right? Because if that job don't need you at, at, at any point, what happens to you? Yeah, you're gonna stop waking up at those times. You're gonna stop doing this, all because the only time you're productive is when somebody tells you.
0: Yeah, that's um. So there's a couple of things that that makes me think about. Um, number one, I've spoken to a couple of different um, like yogi or they would they called themselves sometimes like woo woo people. These spiritual, universal, you know, um, meditators, and they are huge into fasting. Have you ever like um, physically fasted, like not ate food for 36 hours or anything like that?
2: Um, no, not yet. Yeah. I've never done that. I That would take extreme discipline. Dude, that's something it, I'm going to – I will learn to do it once I'm in the environment that allows me to do it. So that's something I'm going to definitely work on doing. Dude, I've,
0: I I can barely skip breakfast and like I'm going <laughs> nuts by lunch. You know, I, I figure like I fast when I sleep and that's good enough. But the what they're telling me about this – is think about, and you brought this up too, about the immune system. When you process food, it has to get digested. So your body immediately sends resources to break down that food. Well, if there is no food, the body still has to do something, but what it does is it goes down the checklist and it's like, oh shit, we got a little bit of time. Let me go handle this and the blood starts going to different places and the um your cells reproduce in other places because now there's extra energy that is available for them to reproduce and it's a real cleansing science to it and why I thought about that is cuz what you were saying about the mind is if your mind is not able to truly rest if you have all these distracted thoughts or even like if you it's got to take so long if you live in a city to find quiet for your mind to reset because if your mind can't center in on itself if it's always looking out or sensing out it's never going to fully recharge and maybe that's why some people need those extra extra hours where if you sleep right if you're in a cold quiet room and you're still and calm and safe you might only need four or five hours and your body's like yo i'm ready
2: absolutely that's a great way to put it that's a very great that's a very good way to put it because let's let's look at this and i'm I'm gonna go in a different direction I'm gonna turn this up a notch. Time is a time is an illusion. Now it's a necessary illusion. So I'm not here to tell you, okay, 24 hours is still a necessary 24 hours in a day. You know, seven days a week, 365, 366
0: in a leap yeah, year, three, three 50, 365 and a quarter. That blew my mind. I was like, wait, wait, yeah. a quarter? What are you? What are we talking about? <laughs> what does that yeah. mean? Yeah.
2: So, but but in reality, time is something that's very relative
0: just like money it's <laughs> yes
2: it's, absolutely it's, it's a system it's a system created to track nature's cycle so we know so what makes it necessary is because when you wake up the sun rises so the sun rises comes with waking up sundown goes with turning down you start to go down your energy starts to go down and resting so you, it would be. It will mess you up if you live in a part of world where it don't sun don't set, and it can mess you up in world where sun don't. When there's a time where sun don't rise.
0: Oh yeah, that's so, like that seasonal affective disorder, man. Right? Sad. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that you, shit is so real.
2: Yeah, it's very real because it's all. So that's why time is necessary, but it is still an illusion because you can within the hour you could get more done than a person at four or five working doing the same thing at four or five it's not that you're working harder or he's working he's or, or yeah. he's not working as hard it's just that when you understand what you need to do and how to do it then it timing becomes something that is not you, you could put that time to other things so it's what you just said about resting. If you're in a, in a loud environment where, no matter whether you sleep or not, you're not getting peaceful sleep. You're always around noise, clutter, and all that. Yeah. Then it will drain you, even if you have a full night's rest, because you didn't get the quality rest that's needed.
1: Yeah, man.
0: I and, mean, you gotta you gotta imagine like we grew up, we we as as creatures, as a species. We grew up where shit was trying to eat and kill us when we slept, right? So your body, your mind is like almost conditioned or trained to be like, is there a fucking animal out here? Is there a carnivore coming for me? So it never really got to rest rest. And then all of a sudden we get sedentary, we get secure. And now we're starting to develop like this. Okay. I know how to rest kind of a, a thing. Like your body almost accepts that it's allowed to um, deprogram. But that that's not like relatively like that, that hasn't been something that, is generations, generations, generations deep, I don't think, anyway. I think, like, the body naturally is in this hyper-alert state or, like, this fear of being taken over when it's sleeping.
2: Well, there's a lot that happens to the seen eye, and there's a lot that's going on in the unseen, I would say. And that's why protection... That's why you have to know how to communicate. Because... Because we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. So, understanding that is important to control the energy around you. The energy. Once you control that energy force that surrounds you, then you have a level of protection and ease at whatever.
0: I see what you're saying.
2: Because if you don't have that Properly, then it's hard for you to rest because you always under fear of something's going to get you. Yeah, and that's so. When you're talking about
0: communicating, are you talking about you specifically communicating just with your body? Help, like no, no,
2: communicate with your
0: mind, your thoughts, putting
2: their thoughts out there. Gotcha. So when I think about so communication, there's verbal communication. I'm just like telling yourself, man,
0: I'm safe. It's okay to rest. Like this is going to be fine.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things I, I just, I started to do, and I just been ramping up more since this pandemic kicked in, is coming up with a playlist, which was uh, recommended by my mentor, of things I want to listen to before I go to sleep, or I mean, while I go to sleep, while I'm asleep. So I have a playlist things that I play, whether it's meditation music, whether it's money affirmations, whether it's um, anything I want, any, any type of affirmations, if it's certain prayers, all these things, even when, when I'm napping, I'm listening to something because I know it's important that my mind has to be fed without my body having to be active. Because if your mind, if your body is active while you're your mind, you still, pro- it still works, but you're still doing, it's like, imagine reading while you sleep.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, like right,
2: exactly. If, if you're putting the right things into your mind, now, I'm not saying put a, you could put an audiobook, but I wouldn't find that to be very useful because it's a different process of learning. So when you're reading, you're reading with with your active mind, but when you're sleeping, you're learning with your subconscious your, your, your subconscious brain, your subconscious mind. So, with your subconscious mind, you have to you can still stimulate that and put information in by listening to certain things while your active mind is in rest mode.
0: So, it's almost and like a developing or shaping your personality if you're getting it to that part of your brain.
2: That's not only it's, your personality is your personality, but how to make it effective. Uh, okay. is what you start to reshape so there was a point in time I was that the only time I did get up was for working from my days off my days off I'm sleeping in <laughs> like that's that was a point of my time but I, I worked on myself and recognized that hey there's a time to sleep and then there's a time to get up and work
0: how'd you so how did you get up with this mentor what was that process like
2: Okay, so, um, with my mentor, we went we used to, like, it was, I met her. Um, A friend of mine used to have this gathering. um, He called it Alpha Talk, which is a gathering of just all like-minded people from all walks. Whether you're, you're, no matter what your religious background, your financial situation, who you are, we just find ways to connect with just people who um, we just on the same page with energy wise. And so I was there and there's a good friend of mine and his cousin and I met his cousin, which is my mentor now, my coach mentor. Um, And what I find is that, I, when we connected, I just saw a lot of myself, my future self within her, in the sense that who she who she who she was at that moment. It's like where I wanted to go or, or, or direction I was going, she was already there. And mm-hmm. we just ended up connected on that level. And then at some point I was like, Look, I'm gonna learn I I submitted myself to wanting to learn from her and grow in Because if I'm going to do what I'm doing, the path I'm going on, I need to model that, have a model of what I'm going to do. So that's kind of a short story of how we connected and from there, we've been inseparable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you kind of just, I guess you just had this, let me ask this then, with the path, what path were you trying to get on that you saw? her being at the end of, or not, I shouldn't say at the end of, but already having been down.
2: Okay. So at this time I wanted to become, uh, uh, I want to get into self-development. I want to become into coaching and speaking. Okay. And, and at that time I wanted to write a book this is talking about, for, um, 2015 to me. Um, and at that moment in time, she just had wrote her first book. um, she was speaking the same thing I was speaking on the moon, elevated level. So she had a better understanding, like explaining my thoughts better than I was like even explaining it. And I just recognized, like, yo, that's the person that that's that was like that was for me, like, because I believe in soul partners and um, not soul partners. Um, uh, Twin flames. Uh, that's soul, not what I was going to soul groups. But, yeah but um i was uh what's the word they call it um soulmates soulmates okay i believe in soulmates i do believe in twin flames and all that that's a whole different bag but um yeah i'm I pretty
0: in... i'm pretty ignorant <laughs> to it i just again having a couple of people on i think it was kyleen um who like went down the road and like broke all that stuff down to me she was like naming books and authors and stuff and i was like, it, it kind of blew – I would not thought of this whole soul groups and soul mates and twin flames and, you know, reoccurring lives in multiple dimensions at once. Like, I, I'd never really gone down that road with someone on a conversational level. I've thought about it, but not for, like, more than a minute. And, like, when she was explaining it and then telling me, like, the stories that backed it up, I was like, wow. Wow. So, it's interesting. She's from Minnesota. You're in Florida. Like, it's interesting how these similar thoughts – are kind of prevalent around the country. Like It it amazes me.
2: Absolutely. See, we have to understand, there's a lot that is going on. We entered in a new age of, of energy, and there is a lot that is happening right now, and people are not aware. We're no longer in this space that we are conforming to just what's been told to us. We're at this space now. We're going out and gaining it. We're we born with it and we're taking it to the next level. I have to make sure I check out that episode because I'm interested in her perspective on yeah, that. No, dude, so, it was
0: I think it might be number twelve. It's actually like one of the more popular episodes. Like in my head, and I'm a goober, I had um, a girl who was on Naked and Afraid. And she was literally not on the show, but prior to being on the show, she was um, a volunteer in an animal hospital, and she was attacked by lions. Oh wow! Like 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 drug into the cage, like like leg the the bar. Only thing that saved her was her crotch because both legs were in the bar, and the and the lions are just going at her. And she retells that story, and I'm like, dude, that thing's gonna be a banger. Like that's gonna be super downloaded. It was like, I mean, it, it's done well, but Kailene just talking about this spiritualness is one of the top downloads, and. I want to say that kind of goes to what you're saying, where people are searching out and craving this kind of understanding of this energy or this feel that they have within them because they're trying to understand it. I feel like a lot of people are feeling it, and they're trying to understand it.
2: Absolutely. And what's happening is that this information is not taught to us in school.
0: Oh, no, nowhere near
2: it. Yeah, It's not taught to us in church. We don't... There's not... I if I if I wanted to understand anything Christian, if I'm going to understand anything Muslim or any religious, I go to whatever religious center and just follow the uh whatever they do. Whether it's going to Jumar service if you're Muslim, going to church on Saturday if you're um, Seventh Day Adventist, going to church on Saturday for Sabbath. There's places for that, but when you start talking about anything from a spiritual sense. Of twin, uh, twin flames, um, soul soulmates, and all these things, there is all oh, you have to seek that information. You're not, and you want to know that because you're seeking that information, you want to get the valid stuff. Because anytime you're talking from anything, spirituality is all relative to that person. And I'm going to speak it from what I believe is right, not because I I, I have all the answers, but based on what I know and my own personal theories and what I've been through my life. But so think about religion in that sense, in certain sense that religion are people who just have a different way of practicing their beliefs, but it's all serving the same idea of what we call divine our divine creator, or how we see a divine creator. And it may it may differ from some practices, some religious, but it's still that same thought. So when you're on this path where you're trying to understand you know, what's going on with you when it comes to soul and the spirit, you got to seek that. And having healthy outlets of people to give that information and people to receive it is very important because we we know that we're not about to go turn on TV and just have this conversation. You know, Netflix is starting to incorporate a little bit into this and other um, streaming platforms, but you still got to do the work. Were you
0: always kind of this um, the seeker in this way, or did something happen that no. made
2: you like kind of wake up to it? No, I had an awakening. I had a, I had some awakenings. So, and you don't have just one awakening. You you have multiple, and there are people who can sit here and tell you what type of awakening it is. I'm not that guy, but <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> but I can tell you, I've had awakenings, and usually awakenings happens around birth. My weakness happened around birth and death. Um, Being a father uh, when my daughter was born, that awakened me in a different way. Losing my aunt awakened me in a different way. When I was a kid, I lost a brother. That awakened me in a different way. So the, the, the shift in life and death that impacts you is the things that can awaken you. And usually the reason why through losing a loved one is... As this saying goes, is that when you when you reach your lowest, um, when you reach your lowest, you're open for the greatest change. And the thing is, and the thing is, it's so it's such a perfect statement. I got that from watching Avatar, um, uh, Legend of Korra. That's a whole different bag. But that saying, though, the reason why um, that saying is so perfect is because when things are going good. You're not looking for change. You, you want yeah. to keep things the way they are.
0: Yeah, you're maintaining.
2: You're trying to maintain. I want to keep this the way it is. I hope this lasts forever. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But when you when you go through it, when you, you when you hit that point where, you know what? I need a change. That's when it's like it's whatever. It's whatever. It's like when a person go to prison and they come out and they they found religion. They found God through prison or when somebody who, who are going through some extreme sickness and they, they change, you know, I hear stories of how people come Christian or whatever, um, change when they hit a low, when they hit emotional, because once you hit that low, you're open to whatever. I just need certain to change. I, I'm going to listen. Right. I'm going to take whatever I'm going to do because at this moment I need guidance and, that's why it's important to go through those, those highs and lows because that's life. Life is peaks and valleys. Yeah. Sometimes you're gonna be on the top, and sometimes you're gonna be on the bottom. No matter where your money is, no matter where you find, where, how things are going in your life, you're gonna hit those peaks and valleys. So knowing how to keep your energy consistent, so not getting too high when you're high, and not getting too low when you're low, It's just knowing that, understanding that. Okay, if I'm at a high point, I, I need to enjoy this. If I'm at a low point, I need to learn. That's the simple, the simple um. The simple aspects of that,
0: yeah, well, yeah, and um, th- I've also heard this thing about vibe and high and vibe and low. I, I think that's what it was. And basically, like the it, they got into astrology with me, and like that stuff was like next level. I I couldn't even keep up. I'm sitting here like googling as they're talking. I'm trying to like understand the signs and all that. But the personality traits being um good and bad, and like some of them are low vibes, and you want to try to work those, work through those to get to your higher vibes. Um. Is something I'd heard as well, where I'm like, it, it, it's so much, man. It, it's so much. But I, what I like, what I like what you said was learn when you're low. I, I mean, I think that is something that's kind of universal because you don't, most of the time, you don't want to be broken. You don't want to be low, but you got there. So you got to learn from it in order to not lessen, not avoid, but you don't want to stay there to rise up you, out of
2: it. And you don't want to go back there. Yeah. You know, you're going to have different lows. You might hit a financial low, you might hit an emotional low, but you don't want to have the same low.
0: Yeah, because that's depression. Jesus. <laughs>
2: that's that's that, that's exactly what it is. It, it's yeah. the same low over and over again. That is What's, the simplest way to describe depression. It's hitting that low wherever you're at and staying there. Yeah, just repeatedly. And even when you peak up a little bit and you go right back there. What know? did so?
0: What did you take away from your loved ones passing away?
2: Um. All right. So. I will talk about my brother first. Um, I lost my brother when I was 14. He was 19 at the time Um, through, through an act of violence. Um, That was probably the first person I lost. Like when I was young, we, we looked at life as, you know, we, as a kid, my mindset was you, 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 you grow old and you die. Right. You 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 you're alive. You get to a point. Once you get old, um, I've had people that passed before me, but they were older, and that's part of life. When, you know, you get you get older, you're more prone to get sick, and yeah, you will transition out of here.
1: Yeah, you My def you definitely never think like a, your
0: parents could pass away before your grandparents. Like it's just very sequential in how you look at things yeah, as a kid like
2: that. Yeah. That's how I was programmed and think. Um, that's what I was dealing with and and what I had to... And that was my thought process very young until I lost my brother. My brother was 19. That was my big brother. I looked up to him to, to see his body go into that hole change me forever because... It became now. It's so real that that could be me. That could be anybody. Age does not. Have, when your time. When it's your time to go. No matter when you go, it's there. So that, the at that point, it's to appreciate the people that was in my life, gain a closer connection to people I needed to gain a closer connection to, and not just do it because it felt good, but make a creative, make a creative a behavior out of it create a behavior and and all of this so that was the first lesson you know like i I got close with my father after that you know because of that Mm -hmm. and and those and that was the lesson and my advice for anybody if you lose a loved one find a learning lesson from it and take it with you because that's the gift from the curse because when you lose someone, you never get them back. You're never going to see that. I it's It's been 17 years. May 1st, 17 years since my brother passed. And I'm still affected by it. You know, and those things. And then you have other people who just live their entire lives with losses. And knowing that you will never see them again, So the most important thing you want to do is take something that you, because that's the gift. Once you learn that lesson, you can apply it. For me, it it makes me never take anyone for granted. It makes me realize that anybody could go. So it's important to give them the roses now. Don't wait till they go then to give them their roses. So that was a lesson I learned from, my um brother passing. If I want to go to my aunt, I had a couple people pass in between, but I was I was at that low point with my I had an uncle that passed back in two thousand nine. My daughter was born in two thousand eleven. You know, there's there's certain things that's happened. Um when my aunt passed away. It just made me it reinforced that belief, but it also made me recognize that the importance of ancestors and knowing that they were always they're guiding yeah their energy is guiding you no matter what and knowing that even though they're physically not here they still are with you because they loved you and that love don't die love don't die if i love you that's going to transcend my body my body may decay but my energy of love will always be with you and through that love you're guided you're protected And that is one of the deepest um, powers of love. And I learned that from my aunt's passing, and and that brought in a different awakening. And so, yeah, to answer your question, those are the lessons I learned.
0: Man, if you, to think of what a typical 14 year old is like, the world is all about you, right? Like you are just so, you are so self-centered, narcissistic. You are not a thoughtful person at the age of 14, especially as a boy. guys are, I think guys are way worse than girls at that age, as far as like valuing relationships kind of a thing. So to learn that lesson early is it, 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 it goes against almost like human nature, man. It's, it's a slap of cold water, but at the same time, I I I feel like it, when you said that awakening, man, that just takes you to that next level of appreciation. That's very rare for kids.
2: See, here's the thing. It's called growing pains for a reason. You cannot experience growth and and it don't hurt. Right. So part of growing up is, you know, things happen for a reason. No matter what you want to look at, good, bad happens for a reason. Sometimes, and this is for anybody that's listening, Any negative that you went through your life is for a positive later on, if you allow it to be for that. How can I talk to to a kid who lives in these rough areas and when they lose their friends, their brothers, their family due to certain violence, how can I speak to them if I never experienced that loss myself or understand those because a lot of time when you your assigned your assignment in life is to help elevate people, when your assignment is that you have to experience some things that people experience. Like I'm not the most religious person, but let's hit look at the story of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is pretty much God manifested in the flesh. And what that last what Jesus Christ became, he became on the ground. He became something that you could physically—he was God that you could physically touch, physically could see, physically connect to. And the purpose of him going through that is to understand how he, how to help the humans, how to help the people that's on this planet. You can't help them if you're not a part of them. And it's not like he grew up. It's not like he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, he's born in a major. So that story is for us to understand that for you to help anybody, you have to be in the trenches going through what they went through. Because our job is not to be a king and have people worship us or serve us. Our job is to serve the people. And once we understand serving people We can change. You can change this world by serving people.
0: How did you find out that your brother had passed away? I'm assuming you weren't with him at the time.
2: No, he was living. He was living. He was in a different state. Um, I got the message after coming home from school from my mother. No, from my mother. Then my dad. um, My dad called me to confirm it
1: man
0: so on the message are they saying is it just one of those get home we got to talk messages or do they no no
2: i just got home and then um, mother was shook and she said she was at work and she called me she said something happened to your brother um call your dad uh, and then my dad told me
0: yeah i and i'm trying to because sometimes i
2: i no, I'm, I've re- i, I mess that story up i mess that story up <laughs> it's been long um no i got home my grandmother told me something happened to um something happened to my brother and my mother called me and told me my brother was murdered and then i called my and then my dad confirmed it so that's how it happened that's the order
0: and i I guess the reason I'm asking is because I think people remember or take away different parts of the grieving process. Like that, sometimes you just get into shock, and you you almost blank out, and your body goes numb. And then sometimes you're like almost hyper aware and hypersensitive about those things. And I was wondering, Absolutely. And I was wondering if just the way your family was coping and dealing with it. Because um, you had spoken about the importance of ancestry, like ancestors. Um, I, I didn't know if you had taken anything away from your grandmother, your mom, your dad, and how they were um, dealing with the loss.
2: I was too young to really, like, at that time, I was too young um, because here's his, 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 the dynamic. Um, my brother w- um, was, my um, brother was, and my father, my brother was my brother on my father's side, so okay. we don't we didn't, we don't share the same parents, but we was we all. Grew, but that was one brother I grew close with, regardless. Um, and even my mother had had tremendous love. For me. You know, my mother mourned that loss like it was her own, um, and but I was too young to really pick up on how. All my, you know, the the one thing I, that made me really picked up on it on anything is my father was is one of those you know, Caribbean strong-minded person that does not show much emotion and and don't understand. So, it so I had to kind of recognize that my father had to bury his kid being a father now i cannot i, I cannot fathom that thought
0: yeah that's an emotion you don't want to bury
2: my kid that's an unfathomable thought and what i had to learn is that pain is not sometimes the person who's hurting the most is the person who shows the less emotion like imagine a person that don't smile that's just stone face all the time how much, how they, they must be hurting so much that they can't, they don't know how to show emotion. Sometimes you're so shocked by what's going on, all you're doing is you're going into autopilot, right? Because if you show anything else, everything around you, if I saw my father just break down and boom, that would have killed me. Like, I might have, you know, that that would have put me at a whole all time low. So, him holding strong gave me strength, but also made me recognize that. No matter how you might, you know, like think about it, you have, and it's, and one of the things that made me recognize the difference between having a son and a, and a daughter is that when you're dealing with like the female energy, women wants to know that you are hurting or you feel something. And I remember that sometimes women in my family might've looked at my dad like, he don't seem like he really is hurting. And I'm like, listen. Just because a man ain't crying in front of you doesn't mean he ain't crying. It's right. just that he's not going to do it in front of you. You got to sometimes see pain of people and put yourself in their situation. And until you lose a loved one on that level, and you know, one of the things I can say is, until I bury a kid, I would never know that feeling. You know, a lot of people like to say, you know, I understand how you feel. No, you don't.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> it, you, you, it, it's, it's, it's so you can understand loss but i don't know if you can really truly emphasize or have empathy for that the the emotion like from everything i've heard from people who have experienced it it's it, it's literally an indescribable pain of and then the triggers that come along with it on days like anniversaries of the death the birthday
1: absolutely
0: the the family barbecues the get togethers and then as milestones are reached by other children it's almost like you they can feel a guilt because the child who has passed is not experiencing it, and I mean it, it's just a psych a, almost like a daily and cycle of just triggers, man. It it, it it's, a, it's a dark place.
2: And the, and then I want to add a different dynamic to that. It's even worse when you lose that when you lose that love from an act of violence. It's even worse.
0: Why do you say that?
2: I'm gonna tell you why. It feels like someone took them from you. Mm. Think about it. We don't if 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 someone if a loved one got a disease and they pass away from the disease, okay, can't really take your you can't feel that same way because it's it's an unseen thing. It's not a person. It's just
0: it's cancer.
2: It, it's, yeah. it's, it's cancer. It's whatever. And it's okay. Your body cannot continue. When you see a person that was healthy, that was strong, was somebody that can carry and they life was just completely taken away by another person it brings a level of hatred into your heart that and that's why when you see uh revenge and you see those certain mm. acts come out because why do my brother gotta be laid up in that box and you walking around free it's that mentality yeah you know so it's I- it's so.
1: It, I was.
0: It, it, go ahead.
2: No, so yeah. Um. So that's the thing I want to explain to anybody that when you lose a loved one. I lost loved ones. You know, my aunt died from a uh, from an ELS, um But my brother was life was taken in that sense.
0: Now and well, I was all just to add to that. It's also like the most of the time the suddenness of it because if you're dealing with someone who's sick, it's this gradual buildup. You're You're, you, you feel like, okay, we have opportunities, we have chances, but I mean, to just get that fucking call, man, for for your parents like that, that, and, and the revenge part. So I'm, I'm reading a book on, um, Comanche's Comanche Indians. Um, and part of their, they were like nomadic. They were the last Indian tribe that was able to hold off, um, the expansion of the United States government. and, Part of what made them so. So, part of why people were so scared of them to fight them is because they had that revenge mentality. It it was part of their culture. Like, if they saw you kill one of their people, not only were they going to kill one of your people, but they were going to do it in the most grotesque, sick way to like triple down and make sure you knew what happens if you come after our people. And that was just their culture and they completely embraced it. And you can almost see that, 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 that emotion taken over someone who loses a loved one to violence because you're like, well, I got these emotions. How do I get them out? I'm gonna get them out with violence. I'm gonna pay you back. I'm gonna make you hurt. Cause I'm hurting. And it's very easy yeah. to get stuck there.
2: Yeah. And there are warriors. Uh, I, those, that's a warrior mentality, right? And there are people who are the purpose in life is to be warriors, that's their purpose, and you might see them manifest into sh- street gangs and other forms of of uh, of crime because they are actually warriors, and their job is to go to war on a behalf. Yeah, plunder. And that's their purpose of life. There are people just how they are healers. They're the natural skill it's to help people feel better and and um and heal and that's what they're here for so as you have healers you have warriors so and the warrior's job is to carry out those certain acts because it's where they at that's that's what gives them what that's what gives them that work and they don't have a problem doing the prison term for anything if it's doing what they feel that they came here for
0: yeah what they it's yeah it's fulfilling for which is it's it's hard for me to understand you know but again i don't know what i would do with those emotions myself you can always think you know what you are until you experience it and then you could react a complete way that surprises
2: you but but on a deeper level i just because i know what i could do doesn't mean i would know what somebody else could do right all I could do is give them information and let them know that there's always multiple ways. So if a person who don't want who in, if a person who's not truly a warrior but they're taking out act of war of being that, then that that's the that's a tragic that's the tragic in that. Is the people who's not built for that having to feel like that, like me. If I felt like you no know what I need to go find those and let it be known what it is. But Thank God I was not bred in an environment that I felt like that was necessary for me. I had to find my own way and find my own way of human. And recognizing that, you know, I, you know, I I came to revelation, like, I'm, you know, my brother's still with me, protecting me, guiding me, and making sure I'm covered, you know. Um, because I lived in rough areas and didn't, experience none of the stuff that people who grew up in those areas experience you know so there's other forms of healing and recognize that you never really lose someone you just lose their physical presence right but they are always with you that's part of my beliefs that help me heal and not feel like oh my god I'm never gonna you know, I may not ever see the physical body again, and that matters, but I gained someone that's gonna protect me from the unseen, you know so yeah, because all you... of that all of that is part of healing in my in my opinion.
0: yeah, well, I mean, you got you're gonna have an emotion and you're gonna have to do something with it, right and you can Absolutely. try to channel it if it's like water. You can try to channel it, dig a ditch, dig a, like you know, build a dam, right? Like you can do stuff to deal with, but the water's gonna be there, and if you don't do something healthy with those emotions, man, it'll eat you up.
2: Yeah, and it, it will manifest into unhealthy um, ways of thinking. So there is, it's a lot, and it gets pretty. It's many levels, and it gets really deep out there because we have to start to look within and recognize that. Hurting is part of life. We come in, we come out. We transition in, we transition out. It's part of life. When we when we lose, we gain. Our life is taken. Our life is born. Uh, our life is given. Our life is taken. Our life is given.
0: Is your dad having? Out... I'm sorry, man, to interrupt you. And something I always sucks no, no. is like um, it's so hard because we can't read body language. We're just doing audio. There's no video to like um find those cues Absolutely. to jump in, you know? So I always apologize to people when I, um,
2: no, 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 no. This, this is, it's part of um conversation. Sometimes something comes to mind and jumps in.
0: So, well, so I'm wondering about this because you said your father doesn't show a lot of emotion and clearly you're really into understanding emotions and feelings. So I'm wondering when your brother passed, did you see a side to your, did you, did you have a conversation that you didn't expect with your father?
2: Years later. oh really really (laughs) yeah years later we had a heart to heart and that's that's and and, but there's still so much i don't know i mean there's so much i know but that's never ever been confirmed i'm never gonna try to find out
0: what um what led to the heart to heart years later
2: just random stuff. Part of me growing up into my own man and stuff. And then we had a a long drive going somewhere and we talked about a lot of stuff. So Yeah.
1: See
0: that, that's something beautiful that I feel just, if I could get on a little soapbox, man, when, when, when you're in a car with your kid and you just letting them watch DVDs or letting them on that phone, you losing all sorts of that time (laughs) to just (laughs) impart your wisdom and just let the mind wander because boredom is beautiful. To discover,
2: to create. No, no. I'm gonna go a little deeper than that. Those even worse when you allow that to be happening at the kitchen table.
1: Oh, I'll you're sla- I'll slap! will Slap! The someone.
2: table. God. You no, where. What happened to those? How was your date? Questions. No what doubt. happened today? Why are you at the dinner table? Those are the, these. It's called healing conversations. Yeah. We have to learn how to release. Well, and I think people,
0: people crave that, man. Like that, that's something that is just part of us. It goes back to you with communicating to your mind, but also connecting with each other. And if you're not, if you're not conversating with your loved ones on those drives, on those dinner tables, on walks or whatever, you just missing out on so much, you're going to feel empty. And like, maybe that's why drugs are so prevalent, right? That med- drinking is so prevalent. Opioids are so prevalent because they're looking to fill that connection feel that connection because they missed it since you were going on a two-hour drive and you just let them sit on their phone checking out snapchat the whole time
2: you know sometimes it's good to i, I have conversations sometimes good to put that phone away yeah let's no. use our mind let's yeah. use our conversation let's think let's talk those are the things that matter like we got to recognize that it's important for us to 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 just realize that what well, our purpose right, is here for um we are we' are we're here for a reason and if we're not if I can't even know how my daughter day is going then I'm gonna be I'm I'm blocking myself from many other things that's happening in the world that's why I act of violence can happen on the street and pe- people just walk by act like nothing is going on you know yeah it's that level of I'm not of not paying attention, not being aware. And sometimes those small people need help and people don't know how to ask. And you yep. could help a lot. You can, if you can't even help the people in your household, man, it's, it's rough. So yeah. And it makes
0: me think a lot of these, a lot of kids can feel these emotions and it turns into this warrior emotion because they're not used to having conversations and expressing and talking through things in order to get healed they, they just feel and and they don't know how to express that feeling because they don't have any practice
2: no so what they do is um suppress that emotion exactly and that's not healthy yeah. at all that is physically not healthy mentally emotionally spiritually all of that on every level it's unhealthy
0: yeah what did you yeah. what did you take away from the conversation with your dad that you can uh share that was kind of like I don't know if jarring is the right word, but eye-opening to you.
2: <clears throat> don't want to go too personal on that. Gotcha. But all I can say is, it may be recognized that no matter what happens in life, the show goes on. Oh wow! This, and life goes on. We can, because think about it. You might take a leave of absence from your job if you lose a loved one, but you still got to go back to work eventually. Life goes on. You still got to do what you got to do, no matter what's going on. And that's one of the things I mind my dad the most, is that no matter what what's going on, he's still doing what he got to do.
0: He's just a grinder you know, like that, huh?
2: Absolutely. It's part of that strength that I come from is just no matter what's going on you gotta smile when you're t- when you got tears behind that smile you still gotta smile people gotta still see think about it I'm like for me I'm a very happy go-lucky person if I'm not happy and it shows it's the by the environment around me is affected oh
0: yeah because you almost feel like you, the environment's almost counting on you To be
2: you. Absolutely. You know, um, this is something that I want everybody to walk away with from listening to this. We've been told this lie that we we are the products of our environments. That is a lie. Our environments are the product of us. If we Whatever you put into your environment, energy-wise, is what's going to reflect around you. And that's just something to think about.
0: So, and I don't know too much. And I just do like almost like ex, ex uh, like we broke up and I do very basic internet stalking of you <laughs> to prepare for these things. I, n- I never know how to do it. But like if I'm like a crazy ex-girlfriend, be like, what's the up to? And I just like scroll through the pictures. <laughs> um, so did you grow up in Newark, New Jersey?
2: Yes. Right. I, I'm from, yes, I'm from North New Jersey.
1: Yeah.
0: So, and from what I understand, and i n- never been there, I mean, that's a, like, kind of a violent place, right?
2: It's part of it. That's not all of it, but that's, it It, it did have its moments of being on a murder list and in the, in the, in especially growing up.
0: Yeah right, because I want That's Cory Booker, right? Wasn't Cory Booker the mayor, the mayor there?
2: Yeah, he was the mayor there. He God, that, yeah. he was the mayor there. Um, so yeah, that's how. Okay. He, that was one of his major areas. So right. So that's yeah.
1: So I,
0: I guess the reason I'm bringing it up is when you think of that, or what like what I've seen in the news about Chicago, how there's just so much crime, death, drive-bys, violence in Chicago. How can you? How can you change that
2: environment through your energy? That's a good question. I can tell you that because I done it. Realize Chicago's a big city. Newark is a big city. Newark is the largest city in New Jersey. Not everywhere is a war zone. Not everywhere. There are literally small pockets. And that's the reason why when you say it's it's murder, that's not all to it. So when you live in these areas, think about it. You might go on the news and see all this happening in one city and you're like, I never want to go there. But Chicago is a big city. It's one of the big cities in the country. So you cannot always be If you when you're in a certain area, poverty has a way of tricking us into being in the lowest of the low, because poverty is not a matter of your finances, it's a matter of resources. And if you don't have resources, you don't know how to go about. You have to rely on the government and the system to provide for you. So when I recognize that you're the product of your environment, and when I say that is this. Who told you you have to live in those dangerous areas? You can move out and go into areas and live less if you move. I'm I'm living in Florida now. I lived a lot of my years in in, uh, North New Jersey. But when it was time to move and go and find a place, I found a place that my cost of living is much cheaper in a different state then I was living in a rough area. You have those resources. You don't have to stay there, but people are conditioned, and they're constantly giving in. So, as you shape your environment, your environment is shaping you. As you shape, is that is that it's, it's like a trap. Yeah, and a, that's yeah. that's why drug dealers call their where they work at the trap because that's all it is. It's a trap. You're forced to go back there because you feel like that's all there is to life. And then once you realize there's more, you realize that, look, I don't have to be here. If I change my energy, then I'm going to change. I'm going to create uh, circumstances and create those natural resources and get myself out of here. Because people who gets out of those rough areas are people who do that. They they take they put their energy into the, whatever craft they have, and they find a way out. Why do you think there's a lot of you know athletes that come from these areas? What do you think they're doing? Are they are they you know some of them still have their mentality and they go into place? But look at look at the one of the famous basketball players, LeBron James, comes from come from Akron, Ohio. Not a nice area. Um, yeah, he, was he, he was raised by a single parent. Okay. And look what he made himself out to be. Not just an athlete, but you know, a good man. You don't hear... I, I, I can tell you now. You could look at any athlete in history. He was one of the most flawless athletes Dude, of our time.
0: His last issue was like that senior year Hummer that I can think of. Like it's amazing to be under the spotlight from 15 to grow up through social media, everybody knowing who you are. And it's not like the dude can hide. I mean, in public, he's going to stand head and shoulders. What six, eight, six, nine. Like, like, I mean, you're going to notice him anywhere. Even if you don't know basketball, you're going to be like, man, that's a big guy. And yeah, yet, and, no one to have and,
2: like and that about you. And LeBron um transcends sports, so everybody knows him. Yeah. And that's the thing. And we think about and the thing about it is what makes LeBron more special than any other person? Still a man, still a flesh. He was given a gift and he found a way to focus that energy on taking him – using that gift and using that as a way to get you out. So but well, well I'm
0: wondering a little bit about about you and kind of what? How did you develop this mentality of not falling into that trap? Were you just like because always I, a reader? Did, did you have family members talking to you about, "Hey, man, we can move on past this"? Because
2: it, it just—I can't tell you. That's part of my awakening. It's gotcha. those. Those are part of my awakening. It's just recognizing that there was a point in time where you know that I just believed that I was only worth. Working, making so much money an hour. You know, I remember before I moved out of Jersey, my last job living in New Jersey, I was making twelve an hour, twelve dollars an hour. That's it. Living in North New Jersey, twelve dollars an hour. Like how that gonna do for you?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say you what's I, what's rent like? Where do you? you pay? Listen,
2: uh, but that's part of that's part that's part of doing what you got to do. I still took care of my responsibilities, but. I wasn't happy. That was not enough money to, not saying money makes you happy, but the circumstance, because it's not all about the money. I was working at a job, doing working hard f- for um, a job I did not like, for a boss I did not care for, making money that is not enough, sustainable. And... When I hit my low point as part of healing and get on my own, I walked away from that. You know, those are the things that you recognize is that you Noah know and in the moment that I was offered, I remember when I started recognizing my power. Once I've recognized my power is when I got off when I moved out here in Florida, I got offered a job. Pays about 13 an hour, but it's, it reminded me of a job what I call a, um, a revolving door, which it, it's a revolving door because as people come out, they need, they always hire why? Because they guaranteed that the condition is so bad and uh. they're attracting <laughs> such lower people right. that they don't guarantee people going to stay. Yeah. So they're always hiring that. So um and then once I got out here and I was offered a job that's similar than that, I got my power back by not taking that job. Saying, nah, this ain't this ain't good enough. And when I got something good enough, I took it. But see, poor mentality, you take what's given to you. Once you get out that mentality, you 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 command what you want, and you only you, and you don't and you don't budge your position until you get, which what, what is ideal for you.
1: Man,
0: I one of my mom's favorite sayings, and um, I kind of got upset at it, but it, it when you said poor mentality, like I I grew up always hearing beggars can't be choosers. You know, you just got to take, but if you hear that, then it almost makes you think like, what does that apply? It applies that you're a beggar and that you have no choice.
2: Yeah, but But, think about what do beggars do? They get low and
0: yeah, no, dude, I'm I'm with you. But I think you're, I think that's such a good point to say, like if you're in that poverty or if you're looking for some money, it's so easy to jump on that first thing and then you're kind of stuck and then you're missing out on the next thing, which probably was going to be the right thing.
2: Absolutely. Because first off, you, you don't beg for rights. You it's rights. Yeah. You get them. You 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 command that. That's part of part of my existence on this life is not to be here poor and struggling. I was not manifested in this life to be a poor and struggling person. So I have rights to the income I desire, and I'm going to command it. I'm going to use my energy. I'm going to work on myself. And I'm going to make myself more valuable. Because the more valuable you are, the more money you can make.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's something often overlooked by people. Is um, what value? What's your value add? Right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's um, it's easy. But again, Absolutely. like, and that, that's part of that poverty trap too, where people take jobs that are so easy to be replaced that they don't really have any value that they're adding. They're not bringing a ton of worth, other than maybe they show up on time and they show up consistently. Yes,
2: and all of that deals with self awareness and knowing yourself because where how many episodes you've done of this uh, podcast?
0: Shit, man. I think you're you might be almost fifty. I got 40, 44, 8. four, five, six, seven, eight. You're forty nine. Fifty actually. Yeah, you are fifty. I'm sorry, fifty.
2: Oh, number fifty. Love it. All right. So you're never gonna have a guest like me. <laughs> You're never gonna have a guess. Not saying you're gonna I'm not I'm gonna be your best ever, no. Yeah. But I bring a level of uniqueness to this conversation that ain't no other person gonna bring because I was that's who I am. Right. When you recognize your unique abilities can add tremendous value to the people around you, then you are going to make Whatever that's necessary because you adding value, focus on adding value. If you work, whatever job you're working on, if your position, you're doing the same thing as a hundred other individuals are doing, guess what? You have no value because many people could do what you do. Yeah. But if I do something a little bit different, a little bit different than everybody else, if I put a certain touch and I do that, and you have to work jobs that's catered to your uniqueness. You know, yeah, see, I, I was. And mind you, before... I, I know you got something to say. Let me say no, this. No, I
0: was just going to reinforce what you said about working jobs no, no, to your uniqueness.
2: Absolutely. But I want to make this point too. I was a housekeeper for five years. I'm not speaking on theory. I'm not speaking from... Ideas. I lived it.
0: Yeah, that. So, was the housekeeper the twelve dollars an hour job in Jersey?
2: No, I was working less than. I was making less than that as a house. (laughs) God. That was Uh, You know, I got to a point. I got sick and tired of there. I moved, uh, left out, went somewhere, went, bounced around a couple places, stumbled on my last job, and then that's it. So, let's say. For the better – my 20s was my – that mentality. Once I hit 30, it changed.
0: The mentality of just taking the job just to have a job Absolutely. just so that you could just yeah, get the scraps. To,
2: yeah, because you know, growing up in that environment, at least you got a job. At least you got something. You know, just be happy to have a job. And, yeah. There I go, happy to have a job. Spend eight hours of my day to walk away with barely enough, with more, with more, with more month than money.
0: More month than money. I like that. I, I think, but that, I, that actually gets to that point too about I don't know if enough people kind of wait or figure out or find the job that suits them. That suits their uniqueness. Like the world's a big fucking place, man. There's a lot of opportunity out there for what you enjoy to be how you earn coin. And I don't know if enough people explore that.
2: Yeah, because we get caught up in the trap. Do you think the trap is on the street corners? Nah, the trap is at those, those jobs. Because... They're paying you to pay, you're pay, using that money to pay your bills, pay for all your necessities, your, essentials, your essential stuff, and you're taking care of all you need to, and they're paying you for the work you do. So now they're paying you, you go to work, they pay you, you go to work, they pay you, you go to work, they pay you. Job hunting is a job itself. Yeah, it is. And to go out there and try to find something that's better takes energy, and it takes time. And a lot of people are just very comfortable with the fact that they they get paid, but they get paid. They take it what they take it, and even though they know there's something out there, this is they have this. And I see people who've been miserable at job for years, every day. Ugh,
0: yeah, I was gonna ask I don't feel you like
2: being here, yet. Like you, yeah, like people be miserable at job for years.
0: Yeah, it just brings the whole vibe down. What um, what job in the twenty during your twenties did you hate the most that we can now laugh about?
2: that's a good question Uh, I would say that my last job before I walked away I was um, working for a contract cargo company for an airline and you know I'm on the forklifts I'm lifting stuff. The warehouse, whatever the temperature outside is, is the temperature inside. Oh, shit. And living in, up north, it, it could be hot in the summer, it'd be cold in the winter. And working that environment, for me to just work so hard, bust my tail to deal with a supervisor that just talked to you like you're just a part of the 100 people, and if you have a problem, cool, we can replace you. Just that whole environment... Oh man, I, the person I am now looked back at myself and said, I'm never going to do that. I'm making sure no kid of mine, no kid around me is ever going to put themselves in that situation because when I say you are the product of, your environment is a product of you, that job was a product of, life, of my value of myself.
1: Mm,
0: that's deep.
2: People work at these certain jobs because they feel that that's all they're good for. I felt that, you know, I, I have the and this is part of, and we still, mind you, I talked about 2015, getting on this path to self-help and stuff like that. We are still in 2000, I'm talking about that, 2000, 2018, I had that job.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, dude. So then you're all sorts of conflicted because if you kind of are knowing what you want and then you're living where you don't, like that adds a whole nother twist to it because now you're aware of the suffering almost.
2: That was part of my awakening. Yeah. (laughs) uh, All right. Now I'm aware. but I'm still – I see more of myself. I see more of myself. I see what I could do, but look at what I'm doing. Uh, I could sit here and I could – give speeches i could coach people i could develop people but here i am lifting boxes and getting talked to anyhow by a man who even if i curse him out or go weird, it's still not gonna make my circumstances even better you know so those are the conflicts of where i was and once i recognized who i was look myself in the mirror and recognize hey that's part of why I got that was so when I talk about my awakening, that was depression. Right. Cause as I said earlier, when you to, when you hit your lowest is when you're open for the greatest change. You know, so when I watch a cartoon show and that quote comes up, it resonated with me on a different level because I can understand that. So when I was going through that, I just was open to anything. And that openness gave me a boost that now I'm not working at a job, making $12 an hour. Let me say that. You know, I doubled that, (laughs) doubled that on my job. Plus I have a book out. I am opening other ways to make income. So
0: what got you into um, the book aspect? What, what made you want to write?
2: (laughs) So, okay. So, As just that story I just told you, I got into a place where it's like, damn, I've grown. I've accumulated so much information, and I've been doing more and stuff like that and doing things. And, you know, because while I was still working those jobs, I was growing. I was still working on myself, I was still in different businesses working on myself. But nothing worked because my value of myself was still low. But once I raised my value, I started getting to that space of, um, of just working with folks and dealing and just realizing, oh, I accumulated a lot. I need to document this because there are so many people that is just like me are in no circumstances. And guess what? If they could hear these words of a person that is talking about raising their value, learning your natural skills, and working on yourself, and you transmute that, there's somebody that's going to affect. And I need to write that book and get that information to those people.
0: Is writing like a natural process for you, or no. was it
2: like a struggle? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for technology. Thank God for my my drive, because my drive is is what is what um what got me through that. My drive.
0: You were just like, a, I'm gonna wake up at six a.m. and get on the computer and start typing, kind of a thing. You had to put yourself on a schedule. No, like, um, what do you mean?
2: It's just whenever. It was that aspect of it, but whenever I just needed to just go to work, and I mean, go to work as writing, yeah. I, whatever I was at that point, and you know, I was having coaching sessions with my um, mentor and stuff, and she just was giving me challenge, making sure, you know, just write something a day, put some, put information towards your book a day, whether it's a chapter, you know, if it's spent a month in a chapter. You no, know, trust me. It took me time to write a book. I know some people that wrote a three hundred page book in a month. Like, nah, that's not me. That's not my story. This is not natural for me, but it became natural because it's something I desired to do. And um, I believe we have the ability to make what's unnatural natural to us.
0: Well, that's part of the self improvement, right? So if you don't if you don't get comfortable with uncomfortable, you're not you're not you're not growing, right?
2: Absolutely. Because so, the par- purpose of comfort is to be comfortable in mo- in, mo- in multiple environments, in multiple in multitude of ways. So you don't get. The, I could be in, I could be comfortable in certain environments. Most people would never be comfortable in and Why? Because I was that was part of my uncomfort. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm a natural. Well, I've I was an um, introvert that became an extrovert.
0: now did you did you publish the book yourself or did a publishing company get
2: it i worked uh, i I self-published
0: gotcha what was that like because i've heard a couple people think about do i self-publish do i try to go to the publishing company i guess why go the self-publishing route and what was that like
2: well because um it was important for me to I don't know enough about publishing to be to want to have myself published by someone and I wanted to control my thoughts, my um, intellectual property I wanted to make sure if I'm gonna work with someone be working with I'm not working for in the best way because some people work for their publishing from by research and knowing and it's because so not all publishing is good publishing. And but there are some good publishing opportunities out there, but there are some that is not favorable to you. And I didn't know enough, and I was not about to sit here and, and get analysis by paralysis. So, <laughs> I mean, is I mean, paralysis yeah, by analysis. I said that backwards, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> but, with you, yeah. But I wasn't going to get that, so I was just focusing on okay, how and plus my mentor, she self published, so I self published. Gotcha. That simple concept. If now let's just say. My book does well, and so my publishing picks it up. Now I can negotiate better based on my circumstances of what I've done already and not be – it's part of my learned lesson from being in jobs is that my job – my goal is not to work for anybody but to partner. Even as an employer, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm partnering with my employer I'm not I that's my thought process right because if you look at it as I'll work for them then that means they can replace me whenever and that's fine and that might be the reality but my value is that you you replace you can't replace me you can get someone to do my job but you can't be me doing my job doing that job that's part of my self-worth
0: yeah and then you just give off that vibe that aura um Like some people go like cockiness or swag or whatever, but I think what people need to realize is like, it's like, it's a brand. And if we're learning anything nowadays, man, it's all about what is your brand? Because like you said, intellectual property, what are you creating? Right. That that's true ownership and you can own you going into any job as an employee. And now you are, you can look at yourself as a partner. I'm a partner in this business. I'm able to move up, you know. I'm valued because I'm the only me that they're gonna have. I think that's power.
2: That's exactly what it is, and that thinking right there is the purpose of what we all gotta look for. Whenever you get into a situation, whenever you walk into whatever room that you're in, wherever, whenever, wherever you walk into, whatever circumstances you walk into, I'm telling you now, you have to. Think of it, you're a boss. You got to have that boss mentality. Not because you're the boss of many, you're the boss of yourself. You cannot walk in there and just be like, okay. I uh, Think about it. In my line of work, I'm a flight attendant. Oh, so, like a, I'm legit, a flight attendant.
0: Like flight attendant?
2: Second?
0: Flight attendant yes. on the planes?
2: Yeah, I'm a flight attendant. I oh. work as a flight attendant. Shit, dude.
0: I've heard, I've, Number one, um, I've always heard that that can be one of the cooler jobs if you know how to like work it right because of the way you can get like dropped off in the schedule. (laughs) I I don't want to get you on the tangent, but um, I've I've never spoken to a flight attendant before about like the little insights of it.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. And and the purpose of me knowing that is that now, what I love about that job is that when I'm miles in the sky – I, I'm only I only have my peers with me I don't have you know sometimes we have you know line text where a supervisor may be on the plane and stuff like that just to make sure you're doing the right things and stuff like that boom 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 for majority of those flights I'm in the air by myself right. nobody over my back it's only my job to, and once I do my job and fulfill my duties I'm up in the sky and that's the most, that's the beautiful part of the job. You know, I've, in my 20s, I was having jobs, supervisors, just walking over the areas just to make sure you're doing your job. right? Yeah. Ask you, your stu- ask you a st- stupid-ass question like, oh, how you doing? Is everything okay? Do you need anything? Those questions. <laughs> so, you know, or hey, you look like you're doing a good job. Thank you. I don't Like these so condescending things. Really? You took that? Why
0: do you take them as condescending?
2: Because position is everything. They're not coming into. Here's the thing it's not what you do, it's how you do. I am. I'm all about awareness of every little thing. I was always this way. That was something. And as I grown, it's picked up on more. So I'm flashing back as I'm talking to you and I'm in those positions. The reason why it's so condescending is this. If you are an executive at the job, you're making what? <laughs> Sixty, seventy thousand dollars, and here I am making eleven dollars an hour. Right? Now, it's not your fault that I'm making that you you do your job, I'm doing my job. Boom. You are my boss. You're my manager. You have power that if you don't like something based off perspective, not something physical, because it's not like I'm working for a union. I don't have a union protecting me at that job. Uh, so okay. You, you you feel – and I'm a at-will employee. So you feel like it's something. If I answer you rudely, I come at you anyway. You have control
1: oh,
0: over that. Oh, so there – they're asking questions that you know I gotta just do a basic answer. They don't really fucking care. They're just looking My for me point to be exactly. like a They're co-client. not coming
2: in to really like, I like. Gotcha. There was one. There was one boss that was there. I actually adore her. I, I will call her right now, have a good question because she was a person that worked from the space of our heart. Even though she was our manager, she cared. She cared about us. She took time. She did celebration lunch. The manager before that, Well, he was, when he left, I was happy. When he left, promise you, if I shed a tear, it was joy. (laughs) 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 So, but but it's these, like, and I'm just going to speak to bosses and managers. If you are, it's great to ask wellness questions. Have conversations when you call someone into office, don't call them because you got to complain about them. Don't call them when someone decides to say, oh, you did a good job. Because there's more you should be doing if a person is getting complimented from outside staff. You should celebrate that person. But how about you call that person to office and say, hey, how are you doing? How's your family?
0: So the regularity you know of it. it. It's a relationship yeah. to understand the relationship of it.
2: Absolutely. Build relationship with you, those that are work, quote-unquote working for you i hate that term but yeah I well, have to or, use or it that you're this.
0: managing even right like so even if they're not yeah, working they're for you if you gotta
2: manage you. that's a better way yeah build relationship with them because they care for you matters
0: that's dude that's so so i grew up working in restaurants um i live near a resort um southern delaware so i live on the east coast near the uh Rehoboth, which is um, a resort town. So we get a lot of DC, we get a lot of Philly, we get a lot of Baltimore, um, some New York, a lot of Pennsylvania people come down for the summer, own these beach homes. So I grew up in restaurants, but I always felt like management cared. But I feel like in restaurants, it's so hectic and you're so interdependent on pleasing others that you all need each other to make money. So the relationships were always there. Now I'm a teacher and I feel like maybe it's because it's a more like career, less job ish that the relational aspects are super important with your principals and your supervisors. Like they do. They, they want to know about you because they look at it as a longer lasting job relationship. The better I know them, the better the performance, the better our scores. But I've never really been in a place where, like what you're saying, where, what did you say I was hired to be fired? What did you call the jobs? Oh, um, at will. At will jobs. Like that, that kind of blows, I guess, like in restaurants, it's at will, I guess, but I've never experienced a boss that but, looked at but, you and I felt like that boss feels like I'm replaceable. I've never felt that in my whole life.
2: And trust me, you don't want to feel that. That's no a doubt. Good thing. Trust me. Dude. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a privilege right there to oh, never I, have to deal with that. Dude. And, you know, and that's the thing that we all have to learn to recognize that we all have a choice so to back to my saying you're not the you're you're, you're not the product of your environment your environment is a product of you because you're in your environment based off the choices you made. if i decide that i got an extra thousand dollars bonus from a job Instead of investing that or putting that into a vehicle that could make more or just saving it for a rainy day, I decide to go to a club and pop a bottle.
0: So you feel some worth. So you feel value. Just
2: to feel some worth. Wow. Then guess what? I feel good for that moment, but now that $1,000, that probably could get me in a situation to get me out of my circumstances.
0: To reinvest in yourself.
2: I I put it back into something that's not going to give me any value. And then I'm back to where I'm at. because at the end of the day, it's you can you can have a nice car. But if you ain't got no driveway, what good is it? <laughs> <laughs> I've always okay, that's going the deeper level. It's good to have a nice car. If you don't got a garage to park it in, what good is it? Yeah. You know, so so part of poverty. Poverty-minded p- people, you could give them a bunch of money. They're just going to do a bunch of stuff to make them feel good. They're yeah. just going to put that money back into feeling good. Put that money back into feeling good. Because they invest on which chasing, a, a chasing a, something that's, that should be happening on the inside. Yeah,
1: They're,
2: they're, they're, they're investing themselves into happiness where happiness is something you have within
0: Yeah. No, they're they're, It's very, um, an outside it's image based happiness where they feel like if people will think I have status because that when they see me, they'll see blank and then they'll think I have value. Right? Like if you go super psychology with it, like, I I feel like that's a huge part of people when, when you're dealing with poverty. And I, I grew up, um, in a trailer. Uh, it, it took, it took a while to figure that out for me to be like, I I don't want to spend five grand on a car and another grand on the rims. I'd rather get like a $2,000 car that can get me to work. And I'd rather get a second job so that I can save and put that towards a college. And you look stupid when all your friends have like great cars, you know, and you feel like, why do I have to look this way, man? Like people are judging me. But if you have that goal inside of you, if you know, you're saving for something that's kind of how you can almost transcend that socioeconomic status. But that's a hard ment- that's a hard sell when when you're when you're lacking value in yourself because you want
2: people to value you. Yeah, it's no pun intended, is the keeping up with the Joneses. Right? You know, so
0: is that the title um, of your book? Say that again? <laughs> I said was that the title of your book?
2: <laughs> no, but maybe that'd be a title down the line. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, but um but yeah, um, I, uh, I, uh, but yeah, it's that mentality of just keeping up with the idea of what it means to me. – first of all, success is relative, right? Oh, 100%. So you can just you, – you you're being a teacher is success. It's a success story.
0: Dude, and some people it, look at that as like a teacher. You don't want to be a teacher. and it's, it's always been weird to me, like that mentality of like, oh, no, don't grow up to be a teacher. I'm like – I don't know, man, you can kind of have a really nice life. Again, if you invest in yourself, you get some additional degrees, you make sure you um, find the job placement that has better benefits or whatever. Like there's a lot of success to be had there where other people, if you're from a family of doctors and you just became a teacher, they would most likely look down upon that.
2: But see the problem, and that's the problem with everybody is that stop doing work for prestige and do it for passion, right? Do it for purpose. If I don't care if you live in a trailer park and you barely got a uh, you barely got a, a a car to I mean not barely got you got a nice car that just takes you to point A point B. It's not the most extravagant, but it takes care of the job and leaves least um uh, maintenance, right? Yeah. You could be in that very circumstances and still be successful. Yeah. Success is not about material. It's about feeling good, natural feeling good, not doing things to feel good, but just right. being happy that you're doing something that, you know, that feels. There are people who are janitors that just feel like, oh, this is a dream job for me.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. hundred percent.
2: You 100%. know, so if that's what brings happiness into your life, then by all means, you're successful. Your success story. There are people who don't get me wrong, because I've met people who you that be at the same job for so many years, but they they attack their job every day because they feel like they're making a difference.
0: I think that's you know? it right there. You gotta feel like you're making and, a difference in what you're doing.
2: And that's the most important thing, because if you ever feel like you're making a difference, then guess what? That's success. Like, how do you do it? I need to sit down and take notes. How do you do it? You know, so in my life as I grow in in the job, I want to meet those people who are doing the less stellar jobs, but they've been doing it for so much years, and they have such happiness with them. They feel like they're accomplished. They doing what they're doing, and you know, they and there's a lot of people who work until like god knows ages i've met a a nurse that was 84 years old True. i'm like Stay do out. you know passion fire and <laughs> you know there's some people shoot i'm i said right now i'm at that time i was like 27 i'm retired now if i'm given the opportunity right. but look at a person that's 84 that's because
0: she was still paying off her uh, college loans
2: <laughs> that's that's probably that's probably true. <laughs> that's so, big deal. So, but yeah, so there are certain people who has a genuine joy for what they do. Yeah. And that's success.
0: Yeah, finding that um finding that value. It is it, it it saddens me and just dealing with um So, when I deal with kids, I can I, you deal with parents as well. And you got to understand when parents are coming In or when you're going to parents, you might be dealing with a lot of people who are just getting by and having to deal with these jobs just to make money, not for value added, but just to put food on a table, clothes on the back kind of a thing. So if they're grumpy, if they're short, if they're not trying to hear it from you, it's not necessarily you. It's more like a situation of, damn, another thing. Like you're coming at me with another thing. It's not like my job ain't bad enough. Now I got to deal with these problems. And I think sometimes people can forget that when they interact with others is like the the situations people are in carry over into the interactions
2: with other people. Absolutely. And that's what people have to recognize is that. And that's why your job as a teacher is so important is because you have to recognize that before you start coming heavy on this kid for not doing their homework. Yeah what their living circumstances is. Yeah. You know, like we can't, uh, you know, some parents, trust me, I was, I have a father that was in my life. My mother dealt with me a lot of my years because I, I was a sickly kid and my mother took care of me for a lot of those years. And, you know, that's rough. She had two boys she had to take care of. She was She was working. She had to work. She had to come home, cook, clean. You know, that's a lot for one person. Yeah. That's not doing that with any help or little, you know. And being a parent myself, I can understand how hard that is. You know, so learning to recognize that people are going through a lot. And some people, you know, and that's why I don't like shaming. Because a lot of people will like to talk negatively on people who are doing things. So they'll talk negatively about a person who, instead of investing their money, they go to a club and spend it on VIP popping bottles. It's it sounds so trivial, but for that moment when you're in VIP, VIP is a very important, it's very important person, and <laughs> for great. that moment in time, they feel like a very important person. When they walk out that club, they're no longer important. Do we think about that? Those are the things that we have to start to realize is that life is life. If you crack the code of understanding the purpose of life and give yourself a huge pat on your back, you're doing something that many people don't have the courage to do. You're doing something that many people are not going to do. And don't use your purpose to look down upon old people because what's good is looking down upon anybody because even though I'm talking, how I'm talking, I'm confident, I'm this, like that, I know I can never go back there, but what's stopping me from going back there? Hmm. That's, remember that. That's why I don't forget where I come from. Right. Right. I'm gonna go on, I'm gonna make millions, I'm gonna do some great things, I'm gonna enlighten people, but my past will always be my past. And my job is not to look it. I don't it will, and part of healing is not looking at your past like, oh my god, that was a horrible thing I went through and I hate my past. It's to love it. I love I love my past. I love being at those jobs. I love being in those circumstances because it made me who I am now. I cannot have this conversation. We've been talking for almost three hours right now. It's no way I could have told you all what I told you, put it together, package it in those ways, if I didn't experience those things. I mean, I'd be one hell of a storyteller.
0: Philosopher, but it
2: be real. <laughs> it's funny,
0: well, because this, it, it's funny, man, because our conversation kind of actually went way more philosophical than I thought it would. To be honest it with really you, didn't. um, but th- those are good to kind of just reflect to, um, give some thought to your almost like worldviews to what are your values, and I, if anything, I'm walking away with like, like what you had just said about shaming people in the club. I don't speak about those things too put someone down for doing it. It's more to understand the why they're doing it and understand Absolutely. why it's important to them. And I think that's, I think almost culturally our, our age, our age back and I'm 30, I'll be 39 this summer. So like we're kind of growing up with that understanding of you've been through something. Let me understand it. Versus you've been through something. Let me judge you because you went through it.
2: Absolutely. And, and I know the fact that you have this platform, you you and you're talking, and we having these we having this conversation, you have a, a mind of you have an open mind, and just explain it to me the different guests you've had already. Just shows you that. Listen, your 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 growth is gonna be so. It's think about think about this thinking grow rich. Um, the book by Napoleon Hill, the book is by Napoleon Hill. He was, he said his story is based on him being a struggling lawyer who, um, somehow got in contact with one of the wealthiest men in the world. And that man told him to go and do research on all the wealthiest people in history. And create and find out why what is why are they rich more richer than everybody else. Now, what you're doing is similar to that. You may not be talking to the financially rich, but the biggest lie is that we've been told.
1: Yeah, that you got to be another, rich like that.
2: One of the biggest lies is that why i'm 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 bouncing around but is a main purpose I'm getting to is have you ever thought about why is it the only time we we we, we measure money I mean we measure rich with abundance cuz usually when you talk about rich you're talking about quality not quantity but when it comes to money you measure rich with quantity hmm for me Rich is about quality. Yeah. The fact that you have this po- this podcast, you're a very rich person. Right. I see myself as a very rich person. We are all rich. And what you're doing is you're talking to so much rich people, it's going to make you much richer.
0: Yeah. well, It's funny because I look at it exactly that way where, man, if you can just gain perspective and if you can gain understanding – that's something that really doesn't get taken from you. You know, my car, job, all that stuff can get repossessed. But if you can understand people and um, almost the relational aspects relating to individuals, that is a very, that's a quality of life thing because you just understand how to get through life. It, it helps you get through life. It could help you in a job interview. It could help you under, de-escalate a situation. I mean, it, could, it can help you just enjoy a conversation at a party, meeting strangers because you have this plethora of experiences to now pull on that you have not experienced yourself, but that you've heard from others who have experienced it. Yeah, I had not heard of that Think and Grow Rich book, man, but I think I was, um, I just pulled it up while you were talking about it. Um, I didn't realize it was written in 19, did you know it was written in
2: 1937? 1937, yes, I know, I could, I could go on the. It's, it's, it's one of the most regarded history.
0: Dude, it's, it's $6 it was- at Walmart. Think about that. It's $6 at Walmart. <laughs> yeah,
2: but but guess what? That same book is known historically to produce the most millionaires in, 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 no. in, out of any self help book. But no, here's, here's it's made more millionaires than any other book.
0: But here's what I'm saying about that. This is why I bring it up. You know, like the Bible, yeah. the Bible's in every dollar store, right? And there's all sorts of value in that thing for a dollar. You talk about <laughs> you want to get six bucks and you give someone a choice to play the lotto or go buy that book. How many people are playing a lotto with those $6 and getting scratch-offs versus walk, walking to Walmart? All right, let me, let me read. Let me get into these 300 pages. Let me, let, me, let me reflect. Let me add value to my life, which again goes back to the message you're saying is just that investing in yourself versus investing outside of yourself.
2: Absolutely. And it goes back to the next thing is people, people are looking to be rich by having the most money and not being the best person. I want to be the best person and not to be the best and being the best person doesn't require you to be better than everybody else, but being the best person just means you're being the best person you can be. So I look to be, that's my rich. You know, I have money aspirations. Don't get me wrong, but I have, but more above all of that is character aspirations. Because the money's gonna come as I grow my character. Right. But the problem with people is they're not working on their character, but they're trying to get a financially abundant. And some people, that happens. You know, making money is a skill. So if a person harnesses the skill of making money, they can make money regardless. But that doesn't make them a good person. That's just, they, they unlock the skill of making money for me. I want to work on, I don't, I want to learn the skill of making money, but I want to learn it through character. I want to work from inside myself, not outside myself. And, and from there, because when we think about a person being rich, if, you know, think about, do you think Bill Gates was rich when he made a million dollars? Or was he rich because he invented something created a system
0: yeah right exactly now that's that... what
2: makes... people are rich before they become rich
0: so and when you when you and it's funny because my mom just went here when you're saying thinking of people um and being a person of character so and I don't mean this in any sort of um like dick or prick way but I did not expect to talk to a Blackmail, and get this kind of like men meant like the the twin soul thing or the soul flame thing or this whole investing in yourself thing i did not think it was going to get that kind of like spiritual and what i'm wondering is do you find it is it normal to be I shouldn't say normal. I don't even know how to ask it without even coming across as a dick, but it's, it's, it's not on par, right? It's not on par for what you would think of a black male to speak on and to want to make a living on. At least I don't take it that way. I I would almost take it more like stereotype would be like gospel. You should grow up to be a preacher and that's how you can change a word. The self-help for African-American males, like I, I don't, that, that role model wise that's got to be tough right like, i can't really think of right. him like that
2: so am i asking am things. i asking that
0: the right way or am i coming across offensive cuz no, i don't mean no, no. to i got
2: to listen as a per i i understand what you're saying
0: yeah i just don't know how to say Personally, it or ask it
2: but my job but uh, my job is to clarify so for anybody that's listening to this you ask a very honest question with no ill will but in these times, people may take it that way. <laughs> because yeah, we're going no through doubt. Some... race relations now is very prevalent. So it's my responsibility to, to tell you one, I, I take no offense to what you just asked. You asked a very honest question. And I'm going to answer it to you as honestly as, as I can. So I would tell you this one, I don't identify myself as African American. I don't like that term personally. Oh, really? Yes. That's a whole, dip. that's a bag I might get to in a few, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a conversation where I get to, but, um, um, but yeah, so, but I am a black man. Let's make this very clear. Let me make that very clear. I, I identify as a black man. I just don't like the term African-American because I'm, my family's from Guyana, which is a country in South America. So I am a Guyanese American uh... and the reason why I used to use these terms associated is because you have close relations of that. If you're born in America and you are six, seven generations in America, just because your skin is dark, you shouldn't be associated with another group of people mm. that you have no connection to. I know African-Americans, people who came from Africa and lived in America or who was born in America and have African parents. They are real African-Americans and we, you know, and it's, it's so complex. Don't want to get into that too deep. But to answer your question, as far as getting to self-help and recognize is this, the reason why, because of those reasons as a black man, as a black man in America is every reason why it's important to get into self-help It's every reason why, because you have to understand that one Race should not be a barrier for doing whatever you want to do in life. Because the reason why we're having these luxuries of life is because there were people, great people, who, who broke those barriers for us. So it's important for me to break barriers for the next generation. Because that's something that's in my book. It's I'm benefiting from the the the, la- the fruits of the labor that was done by the people that came before me. So it's my job to do. What I need to do so the people after me can enjoy those fruits the way I enjoy these fruits. Right. That's one. Number two is important that just because you you're, you're you as a black man, I need to make. I don't. I, I, I unfortunately religion is associated Christianity is associated with being black, but that was the religion that was given to us by slave masters. Hmm. So, uh it's to recognize that you don't have to necessarily be a christian and not but and but still have a relationship with god or however you describe the universe divine um divine divine energy always like the front term divine energy or divine creator but you can have those relationships without having to subscribe to those ideas it's to show that working on yourself is more important than working at a job Jim Rohn said that, and yes, it's important that applies to all people. Race is only an illusion because it's just the difference in skin color. I cut cut you, you still got red blood within you. Your heart beats a certain... Your heart needs a rhythm for it to beat. If it beats out of rhythm, it messes with your body chemistry, and you could die. And that's
0: everybody. (laughs)
2: And that's everybody. So reality is we are all... One of the one of the best quotes I heard yesterday from an older gentleman I was having a conversation. He said, "We are we are we are all equal, but not created equally. And that means that though we all have these powers within us, we all have the same thing. What the powers I have in me, you have in you. And maybe you may have different skills, but." the things that goes into those skills are the same thing. The same thing that made LeBron a great basketball player is the same thing that made um that made uh the, the owner of the uh, owner of his team become great. You know, the same thing that made LeBron a great basketball player is what made Bill Gates who he is. The same thing that made LeBron James a great basketball player is what made um is what made Steve Jobs who he was. Greatness doesn't have to be relegated to doing one thing, but it could be doing anything once you operate from a space of passion, operating from the heart space.
0: Well, and I guess maybe that – I should have probably got – I should have said it that way when you just said passion. And I think, for one, a lot of people say race, but they mean culture, right? They, they want to say True. a black male – And it's the race is a skin tone kind of issue, but really what they're referring to is the culture that goes with growing up that way. But, and I guess that would have been the best way to say it is you, I do not expect a black man to have this sort of passion. And the reason I'm saying that is to just put awareness, almost like an awareness of, it made me think like, why, why am I surprised by that? Should I be surprised by that? I shouldn't. Right. And, and it, it took me to that cultural, like not not cultural norms cultural expectations of when you meet somebody again it it's it, it's so refreshing to just be reminded continuously that what you think is not only always what is actual what you expect Listen, is not
2: always actual but let me say this i appreciate you bringing this up i love that that you brought this up cuz it's a learning lesson we all got to realize is that for one Black culture and black race in America is, pr- is pretty much the same thing, right? To be black in America and without black culture is kind of an abomination. <laughs> like <laughs> like that, that's 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 so. It's as a black man, I carry black culture. I am a black man. I I'm a proud black man, and I I am. But I'm also more than that. I'm not just a black man. Right. I'm still a, I'm a spiritual being, you know, I, I, there's more to me and there's dimensions. And the thing that is, what we have to get back to, and I'm going to say this, there are some black people that have this this concept and it's not just black people, but it's many people that believe this, that, it might sound jarring when I first say it, but when I give you reason behind it, it's it's something to think about. And it's not to say I agree with it or don't. I it's just something I've heard and I've observed it, and I haven't known I don't know enough to to say it. I disagree or agree. But there's a belief that all white people in America is racist, and it's not racist because we think of racist as okay, you know, KKK. Those right. extremes of uh, acting violence, or not even the extreme, just re- stripping the resources of a person because of the color of their skin, or um, or uh, oppressing them because of the color of their skin. Right. But that's not only ways of racism. Racism is taught through us through our history context. So when you go into school,
1: the oh, way shit. we yeah. are
2: affected by what we are taught is the same way people, white people, are affected. And those little programs goes into and is create this idea of white privilege. Now, white privilege is a very heavy topic because I believe that all everybody's privileged in all different ways. That's not one. But what is supported in America historically is the white privilege. And those things and in people who are not aware of white privilege are seen as racist people not right. saying they are actively racist in a way of they treat black people different or whatever, but it's a subconscious aspect. And every person who's lived in America has been going through these programming, the same programming that we're going through y'all going through it. But when there's a place from inferiority to superiority yeah. and white people based on historically has been shown to be superior, superior to black people.
0: So, uh, couple of things on that is I had um, uh, Cliff, I want to say maybe just a couple episodes ago, um, who's actually a local Delawarean, as um, a professor at a, um, HBCU. And he had really enlightened me and opened my eyes to the importance of um, HBCUs from a historical understanding of can you really know what's going on? Can we Can we give history as a totality and not just a singular lane of these white people conquered America kind of a thing? and he one of the things that offended him the most was black history month because he was like why would <laughs> black history be relegated to just a month and i had never dude as a teacher like it's february all right let's get our martin luther king book out all right let's let's rosa park biography here we go let's let's write it. and and the more you hear about something as simple as that you're like that is fucking offensive when you really put it down Sarah. like that it it's it's super offensive to to water down, reduce to a month that we're gonna uh, learn about a culture that that that's, that's right. that, that that's that, that's part of
2: America. And those are crazy. Part I've had many um, arguments with other black people about this. And yes, I, I I need to meet that guy, dude. He's all
0: and dude, I, I he does he does a news breakdown. I'm friending him on Facebook, and he the way he takes historical events or the way he'll help you understand and interpret what's going on, what's being said is it is very thought provoking. If that See? if that makes sense. It, it's super like, dude, super thought provoking um posts. Because he I think it's C H N N, it's like Cliff Howell News Network, where he's like, I don't I don't break the news, I break down the news. And I'm yeah. like, man, I fucking love that Cliff. Like that that, that just talking to him was it, it helped me to understand. Again, that white privilege that you're speaking of it's it's very hard to realize that until you actually get told that. Like I, I, I'm I'm almost forty and I was ignorant to it. I had, not, I had not given it a thought until he said it, and then that shit struck me. I was like, "Wow, that is so fucking true."
2: Yeah, and so and that's the thing. Trust me, in this day and age, it's important for for race healing. Is like more white people to get it. It's a healing thing. It's a beautiful thing. And it's not, because I'm not into attacking nobody. I'm not into giving nobody a la- label. So right. that's why I say I don't sit, go, go, and I'm saying I agree with calling every white person a racist in America. Because I don't like that labeling, personally. But the logic behind it makes a whole lot of sense. Mm. And the thing that I, I agree with Cliff is about Black History Month is very offensive to me. I don't. I don't like it, and it's been put, so put into into um, ingrained everyday society that nobody thinks about it.
0: Yeah, it's fucking no demeaning.
2: Thought, like I wrote poems years ago talking about how I I don't like it. We relegated to the shortest month of the year. On top of that,
1: oh, so it's wow. really
2: very offensive if you, if you peeled out the layers of it. Black history should not be taught in it's American history. Right, part of America is built on the black on the backs of black slaves. This is history. This ain't black history. It is history. If you history, you're not talking about prominent black people, then you're not teaching history. You're teaching a curriculum that was designed to only teach people this much. As you said and as a teacher and you understand this very well and you can correct me if I'm wrong about anything you your words you just said black history let's learn about Martin Luther King why are you not learning about them in September why are you not learning about Malcolm X in September why are we not learning about Harriet Tubman why did I have to go to school to go to college to read a book and learn about the brilliance of Frederick Douglass? Why did I have to learn about Nat Turner Rebellion and learn that there were many black rebellions that they don't ever talk about? Yeah. So as a kid growing up, I just thought we were slaves and we were just... That's what, all we did. We never fought. But when you realize there's histories, there's histories, there's so many rebellions that, got, that just got destroyed because... The idea of the last thing they want is us to fight for our rights. They want us to just be happy because there's a there's a major level to this. And you know, the energy of slave masters didn't die when slavery died, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, that
0: that's something that um Cliff and I had spoken about as well is understanding just how how recent relatively these racial th- these racial norms were happening, like you said, at dinner tables. Think about what your parents, what parents grew up hearing, right? If your parents are in their 50s and 60s, think about what their parents were living and expressing upon to them. And then to have to like almost unlearn that or develop trust through that with other races and cultures is it like when you get into the thought of it, that's fucking, that's mind-blowing
2: to me. Mind-blowing. It's, it's trauma.
1: Hey, how about...
2: I'm going to tell you now. I, 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 I'm I going to tell you this. Any person, it's not just black, white, it's trauma to learn history in America. It's traumatic. It's a traumatic experience to learn history. It's very traumatic for me. That's why I stopped watching slave movies. Yeah, I... It's- It's
0: too traumatic for me. How about this as far as Black History Month? And I had not thought of this um, because when I think of – and right, wrong, indifferent. I'm just going to go with my education. If you think of Black History Month, I believe Martin Luther King comes up pretty immediate. So I just Googled why is Black History Month in February. And the two things that come up is it's because Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass were born that month. And even in that, the selection of the month based around a white individual, Civil War fighting, right, an ideal. I, I'm like, wow. I thought there would be way more connection to February being important for more reasons other than Lincoln being born. Yeah, it's that man. That, it, that's that's odd to me too. I'm
2: glad, and, and that tells me where your mind is at because you're reading that and you're understanding the optics. Yeah, how things are look. Dude,
0: that's because fucked up. Because when you
2: start to look at optics, you take the shortest month of the year, delegate it to Black people. You are only centering around two people who were born in February. Yes, one but one is white. a white person. Yeah. Now, now let's let, let, historically. Historically, there are many white people who were ablu, uh, who abolished, who's looking to abolish slaves. There was so if you go in the, and that's something that gets hidden out of history books. They don't talk about in history how many white people didn't like slavery and wanted to um to 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 wanted to they didn't like the treatment that just black to people abolish were, it. Didn't. They didn't like it. They were I, here's something that I I I talk. I you know you learn learn certain things. Um, you learn certain things so many years and through conversation it just came up and I remember this conversation I was having the other day on this platform on another podcast and I, I, and something to think about I don't know you take what you want to take with it but this is something to think about Spelman um, Spelman College the, histo- the HBCU in Atlanta for black women do you know where that name comes from, Spellman? I do not. The 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 um the maiden name of John D. Rockefeller's wife.
0: Huh. And what's the connect? I get. Did she found the college to help, or
2: the the reason why they her family were were uh, famous were one of the largest abolitionist families. They gotcha. were uh, they were actively looking to abolish slavery, and through her work of abolishing slavery, they named the college for women in her honor. Got gotcha. you. Wow. Take whatever you want from that, because there's good and bad in that. But that's just to show you that this whole this whole white versus black is social engineering. And what the problem with history that's being taught in America is that they're not teaching history from a totality. They just taking bits of the, the the more jarring bits of they, history. They really do, and man. Teaching.
0: They really do. They and being just, in the educational system, it it just it it blows my mind. Like when I think of history, I think of timelines and events, and it's like dominoes. Shit leads to other shit happening, and that's yeah. not like they. they they're like, oh, you're gonna learn about the Holocaust, and it's like, well, how many people don't like? You can know everything about World War One or World War Two, but then like, don't nobody know anything about World War One, and like, yeah. why was World War Two kind of allowed to happen? That doesn't happen, you know, yeah. and like it, but
2: and why? But why is it a world world uh, world war in the first place? Yeah. Like, now, the idea of the world warring.
0: Yeah. And then, but then they don't even take it to like follow up with like, okay, now we're going to get into the 1950s and 1960s. Like, like they just don't put things in order to build. And I don't, I've, I've, I've struggled to understand why, to be honest with you. Because to me, just understanding events in history, when I think of it, it's, it's ripple effects, it's choices leading to other things. Um, And it makes it so much easier to understand and so much easier to include a wider range of information because now you're building on everything
2: and that's the thing that we also gotta understand and that's the problem with history being taught and you said it's like you can't time like jump in history you can't skip over certain things there there is a whole and first off why did they only talk about history starting in um in the 1700s yeah when there is documented that Christopher Columbus brought, started enslaving people when he took his first voyage back in 1492. Wall Street was built by the the seamen belts that built Wall Street was built by slaves that was owned by the Dutch back in 15 1500. And trust me, I'm not the history buff. I just happen to stumble upon information as I keep trying to answer questions to things right. that don't make sense. Well, so deep, so slavery in America is something that's not taught in, in history. And then you have people who live outside America who think that because they have the same black skin, they have the same history of us. Mm. Unfortunately, that's not real. Because America is the capital of racism. Racism exists all over the world.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always it, – if you go and, – and Don't get me wrong. And, yeah. it,
2: and it didn't start in America. Now it didn't start in America. It, it's almost That's a not human
0: – it's, it's a humanistic bro. trait, man, because like even just reading about the Cherokees and um, <laughs> it reading about – Things that were going on in the 1600s as America was expanding, not from the East Coast European view, but from the Native Americans who were already here, they were fucking savages to each other, enslaving each other. Like if you weren't a part of their tribe, and you go basic Bible history, right? What what was Moses all about? Setting his people free. Like they were they were slaves. Absolutely. So like I, yeah. I it's it's a weird human quality where we want to it's like something in us wants to just dominate or take over. Even though you're another human, you want to dominate and take over someone who's not a part of your tribe or a part of your culture. It's always baffled me.
2: Yeah. And it's, if you look at history, it's so. The slavery is something that we go into slavery today. The slavery exists today. It's just in different forms. There's always been a different forms of slavery. The, the one thing I always shared, the opinion I always said is that. America was displayed the worst level f- of history because of the idea that we were just someone's property.
1: Yeah, that's And just... not all
2: slaves are someone's property. As um, American slavery, slave masses treated American slaves as property that you can just... Do whatever you want with it if you feel like breaking it you can break it if you feel like scalping it you can scalp it you can shape it into however you could do that yeah, there's trade like, it, there's it. like it's there, a commodity. There, there was a there was a drawing video of somebody was was it was this old chair and when they rip up the fur off the chair they can see scalp of wool hair the the wool hair inside of it for padding Like, hear of a black person inside a chair. And I'm like, oh, wow. So if you think about the human and that type of level of slavery, I will contend to say, has not been on a mass scale that's happened outside of the Americas. Now, don't get me wrong. In those dark ages, they were doing some cruel things to each other. But as far as modern day, that's not considered modern day.
0: Yeah, no, if you go with like a civilized society, you know. That, Talking that's... about civilized, from a civilized yeah.
2: standpoint, it's yeah. the worst in American, in American history because of those many things. And even after slavery was happening, you know, think about the one of the most bloodiest racial eras were after slavery happened and you was dealing with the Reconstruction era, era the reconstruction era of uh, cuz they don't talk about that they talk about um the um the, Civil the, War. The, the 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 abolishment of slave the emancipation proclamation but there's a reason why there's a Juneteenth celebration that is amongst black people is cuz that was the day of the last slaves being free so even though january 1st 1865 was all slaves to be free. They were not all free until the last day, which is June 19th. June 19th, 1965. So that is, for black people, that is truly our Independence Day, not Fourth of July.
1: Yeah, so again, that's
0: another, that can be another cultural insensitive thing. You know, when when you talk about white privilege, going to Fourth of July kind of a thing, And thinking about what that means, is that really an Independence Day for people who had no rights that day? Absolutely. Right? Who weren't even in the Constitution that was getting fought for by name and didn't have the same value. Three-fifths, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean
2: it's – And the the sad thing is they have never amended that that three-fifths of a man in the Constitution.
0: Yeah, it's – It's baffling. So I was reading a book about that when the founding fathers were coming together, writing that. And if I'm remembering correctly, and I don't have the book with me for the title, but basically it was the Southern people realizing the population in order to get representation, they needed to include slavery to give them the best chance to influence policy because population wasn't as dense as it was in the Northeast.
1: Yeah.
0: So like Virginia was going to dominate, New York was going to dominate legislation. And in the South, they were like, no, 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 no. Well, what if we do have people let's count them as three fifths so that we can get more legislative votes more. And then they don't even get to vote that, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just such a fucked up when you say it out loud today, it's like, there's no fucking way that would happen. And people would be okay with it and accept it. You would hope. Right, like you would just hope that could not be said out loud, that,
2: and, that's 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 the perfect word. You will hope because there's some fucked up people in this world. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> there's some that's a good fucked up people. Like you that's, can yeah. hear, uh, you can hear it. But everything's going on today. Yeah. It's some like Jesus. Oh my God. Do you
0: know what I didn't realize, Yo. dude? There was a fucking social media thing for George Floyd that was like the George Floyd challenge. Before, like right oh, yeah. after it came, yeah, fuckers were smiling yeah. with a knee on someone else putting a knee on there, I saw that shit. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you?
2: What the fuck? Like, you know, and it's, that's a different level of stupid. See, and that's what, and that's, see the, see the beautiful thing about what's happening today, because there's always the light and dark. The beautiful thing about it today is, ignorance is now being, is now being documented.
0: And you're before, almost getting it held accountable for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. You yeah, like before we can document the ignorance. Think about it. Before the George Floyd situation happened, in Central Park
0: Oh, the dog Lady a woman, That that's the, stupid. Uh, I'm God that, yo. Thank God he recorded he thank God he had sense to record. Dude, when that I mean when when that woman's like and I'm gonna tell them you're attacking me.
2: Yes, I mean, what, what, she says f- it on camera what she's going to do. What a n- number one, and what she, a dumbass.
0: And then he, here's the great irony. He's a fucking bird watcher. How many aggressive <laughs> bird watchers do you know? Right? Yeah, that that like are it, just violent. And if you're bird watching, I'm gonna go on a limb and say you're probably not the most violent individual.
2: Listen, <laughs> I, I will go on a limb too. I would, I, I think I would go on that limb with you. So, <laughs> we two people on one small limb, <laughs> dude. Yeah, it's, 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 jarring,
1: dude. I
0: could not jarring. believe. Yeah, that, that dude, that would be the Again, uh, just the. What do they call but, them, Karens?
2: Yeah, Fucking like but think the about stereotype.
0: It. It's just stupid. What the fuck? But is think wrong about with it. You?
2: Before the era of camera phones, how many of those calls happened? Oh yeah. How many ill treatment does happen because of those calls? Right. See, when you start to peel off layers of this, you realize how deep that is. That goes with us.
1: Yeah.
2: And now, from observation aspect, she's a complete dumbass because she's being recorded. She knows she's being recorded, but she continued to do it.
1: Yeah.
2: And now you want to apologize. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. It's it's um.
0: It, it's exposing, so that, man. Because, but, and I think that's what people are, people and culture, society. Hopefully, is understanding. It's exactly what you just said. Is how much and how long has this been happening? That's been undocumented.
2: And that's the thing that no one thinks about. Is yeah,
0: the, and to understand the how long. That. And that's yeah, that's that, the white privilege it, part that gets involved. Is like a lot of in, in black culture. It's like this shit, this system, this fucked up way to manipulate. What's actually happening has been going on for generations. Just because y'all are seeing it now doesn't mean it ain't been happening before.
2: Yeah, you know, and then people, and then it's it's first off, as long as white supremacy is is exists, racism never gonna go away. Right. But one thing I can say is it's getting better. Because now we're documenting it. And now people are getting held accountable. You can no longer just go and just go on the race tirade in America and think that's it's just going to fall right
1: there. Yeah.
2: How many many N-words does white people say to a black person in in racial-filled rants and never got documented? Right. The beautiful part is everybody's recording. Everybody got a camera. Everybody. So so, th- with this big, huge smile on my face, please continue showing your ignorance. Yeah, it, continue it, doing it.
0: Yeah, because all it is doing is reinforcing the need for change. Um, Absolutely. And it's
2: it, it's kind of why – go ahead. It's called, yeah, because it's called the catalyst. Right. You need a catalyst for change. You need a catalyst. You cannot expect change to be like, oh, we need to change. Change, change, change. No, you need to see examples, and those examples are the catalyst for for this world being a better place.
0: Something you had said that I think is is pretty can can help just understand is when you're talking about energy and people kind of all being connected and the sense of we are all part of this universe. And if you can adopt that mentality, it it it, it eliminates racism because you realize there's this interconnectedness of dependence on whatever energy spirituality and if more people can get to that kind of thinking it it just helps it helps to understand people as being people and not being a culture so much i
2: think i I think the most important thing that to, to to basically explain that is just we could go back based on this conversation we did not touch, uh, we didn't, we've been talking for a few hours. We went a few hours without even talking about race.
1: Right. We didn't
2: talk about color. We just talked about how we see things, understanding your your understanding and reconnecting on those, those things.
1: Yeah. And those then, and then I exposed
0: my ignorance. <laughs> no,
2: no, no. No, but, no, but see, I needed your ignorance. Not because we need people to be ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean negative. It just means you don't know. Yeah. And, this this sounds there's certain things I'm ignorant to. I have my ignorance. It's important for you to do that because that's the conversations we need yeah. to have.
0: Well and, and white that's people, the comfort. listen,
2: I'm gonna tell you now. I say this. If I don't mind I, I have white friends, I don't use white friends to validate what I'm doing. So white people, do not use us just to validate your nonsense.
1: Uh, yeah, right?
2: <laughs> I got black friends.
1: I love that. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
0: like, like if you got to – Yeah, I don't. That, yeah.
2: I am not your black friend. Please, if you have to say I have black friends, trust me, I'm not one of them. <laughs>
0: that's such a good way to put it. <laughs> I think it was um, one of the it might have been childish Gambino, um, in one of his songs. It was like you're not not racist because the wires in your Netflix queue. And it's like Uh. some people can adopt that mentality of like, no, I understand black culture. Like, look at what I watch. And it's like, oh, okay. So you you stream Atlanta on Hulu and you watch The Wire and you understand what's going on in Baltimore. Okay. (laughs) And, but some people actually can feel that way. And that's kind of part of the problem too, is like, then you're almost not allowing yourself to acknowledge and reflect on your ignorance and to ask questions, to talk about it so that you can then displace that ignorance with understanding
2: but see see what i appreciate you asking this question is you're you're a teacher you're doing this podcast so you're a very educated person you know yourself you've got degrees you are an educated person you did not have problem humbling yourself and saying am i even asking the right questions yeah that's the beautiful part about it because isn't As educated as I am about certain things, there's certain things I'm very ignorant to. Even when I gave my opinion on all white people being racist, I didn't come off on, oh, I agree with it and this and that. I said I don't know enough to know if I agree or disagree.
0: Yeah, you're in the thinking process, right? You're in the formulating.
2: I'm still – I have certain things that I can sway left and right with it. But that's – the problem is that's part of – getting. so now – we putting that out there, somebody might hear this and want to reach out to me and have a different conversation and express to me their views. We gotta create these opportunities to sit here and talk to each other and not be afraid to be ignorant. And I, and me being a black person, my job is to validate who you are because I'ma have listeners that's my color and they might hear that. And if I come off with the wrong energy, then now nah, they're gonna be saying cancel you. <laughs> <laughs> so all because I didn't I took offense to something that was nowhere near me to be offended by, and that's why we all have a responsibility to each other, you know yeah it's, it's it's a term with us. It's like think about it when we say you could come to the cookout, it's our job to say, yo, he' cool enough, he can come it's that's part of what it is. that's our culture. It's saying, yo, this person good enough. He could come to the barbecue. He good. It's that very is that validation saying, yo, I know you well enough. I trust you. You're not gonna come in here and bring those vibes, those right. racist I, I, energy. You know, you you know, and that's the thing, because we all we all can can add to that energy of racism because there there was a, a point in time when I thought, Black people can't be racist. Only white people can. <laughs> now I don't know. And there was a point of time.
0: That's interesting. Now
2: I'm at that place I don't know enough to know if, if I agree or disagree. At one point, I was so hard score. But as I grow, I recognize that, hey, there are certain things we can do that can make white people uncomfortable too. And make them feel like, you know, if you go around saying, fuck white people, I hate white people. Whether your reason is valid or not, because most times there's valid reasons for people to feel that way but does that mean does that mean it's not racist because you have a valid reason you know i'm still now i'm at that place is i don't know and that's part of growing is yeah. to say you know what because i've had that viewpoint and then people's giving me some good information i came to argue it gave me a great argument i'm like no it makes sense yeah if and I, I continue to f- argue with you i sound crazy
0: I like how you said I'm at that place of I don't know, because what it does is it it, it it it's almost like that uh that awakening stage, that awareness stage of there's something here to explore versus me getting um I think it's like called confirmation bias where you only seek information that reinforces your current belief.
2: Absolutely. And I and think that's I, part of that's how you grow. And and that's part of growth is yeah. because we, we we tend to realize that we take we it's called programming is a very easy thing to do. I can get 10 people to say the same thing I'm saying and you're going to think it's facts.
1: Right.
2: You know, just because you're supposed to... 10 people that you trust and you know, and you're all saying the same thing. And in your mind, you're going to think, no, what, that's real. That's what it is. Because yeah. 10 say, I, I'm going to run with it. And realize, they ain't probably the only 10 people that think that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know?
1: well, exactly. That's yeah.
2: part of programming is... Yeah. It starts with 10, it becomes 11, it starts to spread, it starts to spread, and now you have a whole bunch of people thinking one way against another people who think another way, and now there's this. Being in that neutral state of, I don't know. Of openness without taking is a powerful defense. position that many people, are, many people who are not on this level cannot stand. A lot of people cannot vibe with me on certain things because I'm very neutral to a lot of stuff. Sometimes it's good to say, I don't know enough to know.
0: No, I think that's a good, it, it, it's a good slogan. I don't know enough to know. Um, yeah. I, and I think it slows you down too. It it kind of compels you from and judging. It, and
2: it grounds you too. It's yeah. part of grounding. It right. grounds you because now you're, when you think you know it all, then you seek, you you don't, you ain't going to seek more of it. Yeah. Like if I know, or as you, or you just said, only seek information for confirmation. Right. You know, at this point in time, I will always love to get on the phone and, and, and speak and look up stuff and, and look up things based off what I don't know. And want to have, listen to other conversations and when I hear conversations and I listen to certain things, then I get a different perspective where it's like, Hmm, never really thought about that.
0: Yeah. It, it, that's a good point. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that's the, I don't know if that's for whatever reason, that's always been super appealing to me. Um, Again, which is why I kind of got into the podcast thing with, um, with this premise, you know, not to be an expert because it's not getting to know me. It's getting to know you and just seeking all sorts of people from all sorts of places around the world, actually, um, who, uh, who experience things because you don't know what you haven't experienced until you hear someone tell you about it. You know, um, why were the, again, the, the, um, Comanches, why were they, um, why were they framed in the way they were? Because there were a couple of uh, white women who escaped, wrote memoirs of what they experienced, and that was published and put out. And now all of a sudden, everybody's a Comanche expert, based on two or three people. And now you understand the culture, and you can understand what they're what they're going through, and what's important to them, and why they are acting the way they are acting. And that's um, that's very powerful um, to understand it.
2: You no, know was the most powerful thing for me to always the most powerful question anybody can ask.
0: What's that?
2: Why? Mm. Think about it. Because we have this era of people who, when I get into when I used to get into debates, and I give a reasoning because I'm always searching for why. And if I name a, if I mention a reasoning, the first thing it say is you're making excuses. Sometimes I'm going to say, no, idiot. I'm giving you a reason. Look up the difference. <laughs> but calling people idiots on on platform will create discord for other conversations. So it's, it's, keep a, it respectful.
1: Yeah, I know. It's so, a little
2: aggressive, right? To be like, no, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is cause, but in my head, I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not making excuses. Given reasoning for some people's behavior is part of understanding how to, how to, um, how to how to uh, come up with a solution or a counteract to it. Yeah,
1: so coexist.
2: Now, uh, so now, want if I want to sit here and say, why are all white people racist? Because they've been programmed whatever and they have ancestors that believe what it is. You had a parent that had a, a, a strong teaching towards black people and stuff like that and those are the things that make once you listen to that, that makes you sit there and wonder like, oh, it it's one of those things that once you understand the reasoning, then you can come up with counteractions to, to to counteract that. Mm-hmm. But you cannot come up with a counteraction if you don't understand why. And it, There's it, a reason.
0: Yeah, and it helps it, you when you're talking to your mind to be like, dude, 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 when you're thinking this, you need to start replacing however you're thinking with some of these thoughts. And that'll help you
2: to think right. Like, okay, just ask some question. Why? why did you do this? Why did I accept it? Why did I want it to be on this? Why? These are great questions to ask because when you understand why you can gain wisdom and wisdom can help you grow but you cannot gain wisdom is if you would look at everything out of a vacuum mm-hmm. everything has a reasoning and you can't just isolate things and say oh that's just an anomaly. No there are why is there many men create, commit violence against women? There's a why. There's a why to that. Like you can't just say, "Oh, that's just that one man that's doing it." There's so many people that's doing it.
1: Yeah.
2: Why are there so many unreported violences against men? You know that women commit. There's a why. <laughs>
1: <That's>... Yeah. <laughs>
2: so we gotta start. Stop just observing things for what it is and start asking the question unless you're just happy with your your, your ignorance. Because if you're happy with your ignorance, then continue being ignorant. But don't make yourself to be a, to be a seeker of knowledge when you're being ignorant. That's <laughs> how I look at it, so. Like, Because there's many people who will make themselves to be so intellectually sound and knowledge and smart and... But they're, they won't, they, the reason, oh, why do, when I give a reason, oh, you're making excuses, dumb. <laughs> really? Don't you know to make excuse is to excuse someone? That's why they call it excuses. So if I'm making excuses, I'm saying, okay. Yeah, you're fine. You shouldn't think, you, you, you shouldn't, like, perfect example. People make, they're they making excuses. There are people who are making excuses for the cops for that, that kill, um, George Floyd. They're making excuses for the... The excuse was, oh, they thought he was strong-arming and whatnot. They're making excuses. But no one is asking why. And there's so much information that's going on with that, and I don't want to talk too heavy about that because there's so much stuff that's out there. But there's a why. There's a why. A father and a son hunted down, went after... Um, Ahmaud Aubrey. Jesus. And why did that story take so long before it come out? And I'm glad they arrested the the camera person because if you really wanted to save that man's life, you would you either would have intervened or you would have reported that the next day. Yeah. But that video took so long to come out. And why did it come out? And yeah, it's so much wise. To that it is so much wise. And until you find the answers you seek, it's good to be like, I don't know enough to know.
0: That That's a great point. Um, and that's powerful. The, um, the seeking the wise and being open to the, um, to the information and not thinking of it as yeah. excuses. Let yeah. me, Javon, let me do this. And this is how I end most of my podcasts. So I want you to, um, in your head, start thinking of a story that you're going to tell. And I call this, and I'm gonna ask for your best first for last. We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes
1: it worthwhile. Duh, that's a good one. Cause <laughs> that's
2: a good one. Cause so many stuff is popping into my head. Uh, great. Yeah, and I would say the. I, I got to an answer. My first time going on a cruise. Oh
0: Lord! So you're the one who brought the rona.
2: <laughs> yeah if it was around if it was around 13 years ago yeah <laughs> but um but no so I was on a cruise I um my dad when I was like 6 17 I went on my first cruise he took all of us took me my brother um my sister all of us went on a cruise and I got that was the first time I actually saw what real ocean water is supposed to look like. Oh shit! You know, I'm the, like the first place I went on that cruise was uh, St. Thomas. Salute to my fellow Caribbean people in the VI. So I went there and I saw. I went to uh, it's called Cookie Beach. Cookie Beach. I'm I, hopefully I'm saying it right. Take, no offense. So I went to the beach, and man, that water that water looked so great. The sand is so white. It was a, an amazing experience. And, you know, I got to see Aruba, see how beautiful the water is there. Like, you know, those experience that was an amazing experience. I got to travel. I got to be on the ship. I got to meet kids of my age and interacted and trust me that was at 17 years old that was a full life that's a full life experience i could carry on for the rest of my life that memory
0: yeah so is it just starting to understand kind of how big and how different the world is in different places for you
2: and so so yeah so that was my first actual official travel now vacation for me living in New Jersey North was to drive, uh, take a 10 hour drive to um, Canada where my aunt lived in Tor- in, in the Toronto area. Okay. Um, so that was our vacation taking a long drive that, was, you know, not saying that was my first time flying, but that was one of my first time flying to Puerto Rico. on that that cruise. Flew to Puerto Rico, went on a cruise port, um, and and I got to see um, so many islands. I got to learn so much. Like, one of the first things I learned when I went to Aruba is understanding that they created a language called Papiamento.
1: Huh.
2: Which is... Because Aruba is there it's part of the ABC islands which are islands that were that was owned by that is owned by the dutch which is Aruba uh uh Bonaire uh Beno-Ares, um and Curaçao those are considered the ABC islands and those three islands they speak a uh, a native language called Papiamento
0: And I'm also in, in my head just thinking about how your um the ancestry that you've spoken of, it had to connect or hit maybe a little different too, because are you feeling like your father you said is Caribbean, right?
2: Yes. My family is Caribbean. So okay. um I'm the first I'm first generation American.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, so then that had to be kind of trippy too. Were you aware at like that time? At at seventeen, can you be aware enough to be like like feeling connected in some way oh, to like the uh,
2: Okay, so It felt, I felt like I was home. And when I say, like, it felt like being aware that I was Caribbean, to see the Caribbean, it's like, damn, this is, this is, this is, that was my love for going. That's why I love the Caribbean. I love going to the Caribbean. I love going to different islands. I love the Caribbean. Like, that opened my love for Caribbean. And may not, it may not, uh, as a 32-year-old, I can look back and be like, yeah, I had to do some of the ancestral and just calling back because it it, it runs deep. And it's it's something to feel comfort in. And when I go, like, that's why, like, I like to go through the Caribbean and not just, and I did go on cruiser. But thanks for my dad, we we hit the cities. We didn't do, (laughs) we didn't just, we didn't, you know, my father grew up in a rough part of Guyana. Um. So he has this mentality. Like, look, you are gonna hit the cities. We want to be amongst the people. Yeah. We went there and got some. I went there and got some real Virgin Island food. We went. To, we went I went to um Barbados. We was looking for their native food. We went to the regular islands and and um uh, and did it. We went to the people, and I have that within me. Is that I want to be amongst the people. Right. You know. I speak with a uh Caribbean dialect, and I want to know the different dialects because I, I go around. Like I can un- like because my being around a lot of Jamaicans, I can understand patwa, which is what they speak. Like I can understand it. I average if you're speaking to a Jamaican, you ain't gonna understand
1: it. <laughs> you're not gonna understand
2: it. if they if they speak to each other in 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 that um in that dialect. So that's. Me and going on that cruise awakened that for me and just make me realize that there's many 17 year olds that came from where I came from, never been on a the cruise. There's some people that's my age, never been on a cruise, and I got the experience at 17.
0: Right, I, dude, I, I love when you're like, we went on the cruise, but we hit the cities, and so many people get so fearful to stray out of whatever the resort or like the. The, the the beach that gets docked on, right? Or they just wanted to go like with the guide for like the pay whatever money and get the real experience kind of a thing, but it's all marketed and packaged. They're not they're not they're not like walking down and just enjoying where local people how they live to understand the culture, to really embrace it. That's awesome yeah. that your pop that's awesome that your pop's had the balls to do that.
2: Absolutely. And I'm grateful and it gives me that same courage. It's like, yo, you can't be afraid of your people. Right. Like you can't like I, and I take that everywhere with me. If, I'm going, if I am going, want to go to Chicago, now I'm going to make sure I have some right people right me. But let me go <laughs> to these areas. Let's go to these areas. Because you can't be afraid. If you're afraid, I grew, that's one thing that instilled with me growing from North New Jersey, is having that fearless idea that if I could grow up here, I, I'm part of every hood. And maybe, I may not have been from that hood, but I have enough understanding of the hood to know that I can go in any hood and be comfortable, not because I'm some tough guy I'm trying to do that, but because I have a mission there. I have a purpose there. And I'm only going to come there if you have a purpose. Anybody that grew up in the hood knows that mentality. You only go to a hood if you have reason to be in that hood. That
0: Yeah, it's – and I, I don't That's, have – and it again it's it's almost like an empathy where you want to be like, yeah, I get it, but I, I can't get it because I didn't grow no, up there. It's different. But, <laughs> it's but what different. I'm thinking is there there are cultural or environmental universal truths that different people who grow like there's a country club mentality that people who grow up in one country club can now understand how to act in any country club because there's social norms that are almost yeah. universal.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like if you see a group of people running. You don't go over there and find out what they're running from.
0: That's that's one of the stereotypes that I I always love. Like you just see a crowd and then like the joke is like, why is the white person asking why and looking? Like just take off. It's it's those. That's not the the time to ask why. It's
2: like the scary movies. And they had the token white person that's about to get killed. And, and you know, they walk into the house and like, is anyone here?
0: I know, exactly.
2: Is, is somebody here? Um, like, they're looking to get killed.
0: Downstairs like, with the candle. No,
2: no and doubt. I'm like, you y'all, I know whoever wrote this is not from the hood. Because <laughs> we walk in and we said something to him, right? Either we going... We going guns blazing, <laughs> or yeah. we calling? We we had it. We, we running out. You're out. Yeah, you're We're out. Going all the way. Yeah, you're, you're not messing you know, around. So, so that's the thing. So those are little social cues that comes with that, and that comes <laughs> from just it just comes. And, and once you're there, you know, and you don't you don't and you don't. Learn and you learn to do things for a purpose. Right. You learn to do things because growing in those environments gave me a level such a toughness and resilience that, man, listen, I if I want something I ain't going nowhere until I get it because I know this is for me and what I want, what's for me is for me to have.
1: Hmm.
2: You know. So, but yeah. Going on a cruise, that that those mentalities, that's it. And I'm gonna tell you now, because of that, I got to. Under, I, I had a recent experience. I went on a cruise in October last year, and and unless uh, unless unless um, Corona decides to like stick around, hopefully I can go on another one. It's coming up in in October, but that's that's looking up in the air.
0: Oh, I think it's coming back. <laughs> I, I I think it'll be coming back pretty quick, man. Um, I think
2: so, but it's still it's still up in the air. But I, I I'm confident. But yeah, so I went on a cruise, right? I went to um. I went to I was in Grand Turks. Now, I've always heard about. Turks and Caicos and songs and hip-hop songs. Like, okay, I'm about to go hit Turks and Caicos. Let's go. When I went over there, Cruise Port was beautiful, everything. But taking a tour, it was like, damn. Cause they got they recovered, they got hit by two hurricanes in 2017. Oh. And they're hit heavy. So on the stop of the cruise. I, I had a moment of ignorance. And when I look back, tears came to my eyes because it was a beautiful moment. And this was, and I'm going to tell you this. I went into a store and I just want to get some things to bring back for my, for my daughter, right? On the cruise. Um, I went in there and... I asked the store clerk. First, what set me off is that, you know, they sell some inappropriate items in there. <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> glad no kids are in there. And But then she started playing Christian music, and somebody asked her, what you listen to? She's like, I'm listening to that God's music. Nothing plays... In, we don't listen to that devil's secular music. We listen to that only God music. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, So God. the hypocrisy... Let me get up out of here. Yeah, that just, just put couldn't... me in such a negative yeah. space. Right. In a negative headspace. And what happened was... All right, so me being negligent, I actually accidentally gave her an extra dollar. An extra american dollar okay when she's like oh my god god has blessed me you know you're the first person to give me extra money and i'm in such of a what What (laughs) i was already in the negative head space so i'm just like okay just take it let me get up out of here i didn't mean to do it but there you go you're welcome i was just (laughs) in that space only when it hit to me only when i left it hit me like damn I was she was praising me. I didn't do it, but that dollar meant so much for her that she was just praising the Lord. She was such in a grateful mood. I'm like, how hard does she have it? And then she oh. did explain to us that she's originally from Dominican Republic, but she's going through that. And it made me start thinking about how tourism the lack of tourism hasn't helped. And how even though I didn't get this grand view of Turks and Caicos that I thought I was going to see because of the hurricanes, how the fact that we spending money just to take the tour is helping them. Right. And realize that we are, I just gave to a person, that person just gave me the biggest gratitude. Instead of being in that great space, I just allow something that has nothing to do with me, put me in a negative space. Mm. And that was a learning lesson I took from that because... Maybe if I observed that good feeling, I could have manifested that into other things, you know. So that's a lesson I had to learn as a young man on this path is that everybody's going to feel how they feel. Don't value yourself to in a negative headspace, you know, because when she just did that, I was like, wow, I didn't even mean to do it. But there's a reason why I did it. And maybe then now, just making going to deliver is just to give an extra dollar to any type of um business that I go to. Just pay extra dollars, give tip them, right? Give them, give them something to feel good because being in America, just there's so many privileges we have. Like people who are they are they are poor fat people. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, like, like, shoot, in America, you know. um, they're, Like, until you see a shanty house, you know, where, or like Brazil, they call them favelas. Never been to Brazil, but it's, it's these shanty homes that they have. When you see that and see how people really live in, yeah. you start to recognize, them. my project building ain't that bad. Right? <laughs> but, that trailer house, that trailer home, ain't that bad.
0: Yeah, I got running there's,
2: water. You know. Yeah. There's people that got a, you know, going the guy. I, I saw when they mean that people fetch buckets to bathe, where they put water in a bucket, and these heavy buckets. And I seen a, a, a woman who, who's as thin as thin, got these two heavy buckets walking in, cause she's about to go bathe in the yard. When you see that, you recognize how much
0: how good you got it i think i think that's a great image to end on javon yes i um that, that yes was great man thank you um dude it was so good getting to know you and um your philosophies your outlook on life it was a. Uh, I really appreciate the three hours of time on this early morning, man. Um,
2: I really do. This is giving me good energy, good vibes to go on and start of my day. And I'm gonna be honest, I didn't expect to be on the phone with you for three hours. <laughs> and right. I'm so grateful that I was able to lock in, have this honest conversation, and without no distraction. Right. And no distraction. My phone is not near me. I'm in my room. I'm in a room locked in. Walking around having this conversation,
0: yeah, it can put you I, in like a unique headspace, right? Because how long? Yes. It's almost like jogging a marathon without listening to music, kind of a thing. Like,
2: yes, it, and it's... this time, and this times, I just took a peek at my phone just to see how long. I'm like, wow, we're talking about a lot of stuff, and I'm such, I'm grateful for this conversation. Hope we can have this again. Yeah,
1: absolutely, Hope, man.
2: And stay connected because I definitely want to reach out and we could do. Hopefully, we could do some other stuff.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I'm around on social media, whatnot, and you know I'll tag you and all that stuff on it, man. But um, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was great getting to know you, Jamal or J- Javon. Uh, God, I said Jamal. Javon.
1: Javon, Javon.
2: Yeah,
0: I know. I, I three Javon. hours. My tongue's getting heavy.
2: Yes. And <laughs> before we go, yes, my book is called "Level Up: How to Start Living Your Best Life Now."
0: Level up, yeah, man. You know what we'll actually do? Um, we'll put that into the description when I um describe the pod. So at the yeah. end of the timestamp, we'll put a little link in there. I gotta get better at doing that to helping people promote no, no, themselves no, too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm gonna help. Uh, I'm gonna send you all the information. And I wanted to put it in this because I was referencing a book and I never said the name of it. Yeah. So well,
0: I tried. I, try, to I sure. tried to lead you to it, man. I think I asked, was that the title? And that was your time. That was at yeah, the. And that I, was at I, the I, 120 I kinda, mark. I
2: kind of. I, I don't know why it not but. <laughs>
0: Because, <laughs> because you ain't write it. I don't know. Because it just I, didn't feel right. I, I
2: was, in, but see, <laughs> see, you know, to see. We'll talk more about it on after the interview because I want to definitely keep end it on the right note. But <laughs> there's a reason.
0: Got you. All right, man. We'll do. Take care, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, man.
2: Same to you. Thank you for having me on. oh uh, You're welcome, I man. Bye.
1: Bye. I like most. Getting to know
0: you. Thanks to Javon for giving so much of his time, his thoughts, his beliefs, and fucking for using his life just to help others, to inspire people. Man, um, love when I get to talk with people who are just trying to make a positive impact in others and in their communities. Thanks to AndrePsyche.com for sponsoring the Getting to Know You Pod. Please go to AndrePsyche.com for some trippy merch that's going to be worth checking out. If you haven't already, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The word of the pod is bookworm. So post that word on any of your social media sites. Tag us or just go to us and tag us. Or I guess you would know how it works better than me trying to clunkily explain it to you. Put that word bookworm. Tag the Getting to Know You pod. You're going to get a shout out on our very next pod Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the Getting to Know You pod. We're on Apple, Spotify, or on your preferred podcast platform. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business, so just send us a message. Bye.